Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Smack him a gob. I'm Brett Michaels, and with me is. Oh, yeah! CC DeWine. Hey, hey, hey. Don't, up, get, no, don't get near those stairs. <laughs> hey, swallow this line, will you? <laughs> Remember that guitar solo we watched? <laughs> oh, I'm still trying to forget that. You know, you know I, uh. I've actually seen people online say, Man, CC nailed eruption. <laughs> did, you, did you see that sloppy mess that he did? Yeah, okay, he did a little tribute to Eddie. But that was more of a fucking, like, an insult to Eddie, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought that was a tribute to Van Hagar when I saw it. Yeah, yeah. That was terrible. Good one. Oh, good Lord. How you been, brother? I've been good, man. I, I, I've, I've known that you haven't been well. That's why we haven't done this episode in a while. Because, Ian, dude, it's your fault by having a kid to have another kid to give yeah. you germs. I don't like kids, yes. man. Yes. Grandkids, grandkids are full of germs. Yeah, especially mine. Yeah, uh, man. You're, you've been sick, like, what, four or five times since you've been in Seattle? But then again, it's Seattle. I mean, that place is just full of germs, isn't it? It's always raining. Oh, man. I tell you what, still, I love it here. It is fucking beautiful. But, yes, I have been uh, I have been sick ever since I got here. And, like, I started feeling better, and then I got sick all over again. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. But I'm on the mend, and we are back doing the show. And, uh, yeah, I still love it here. But I have missed you. Because oh, in, the, in the in the absence of doing this show, man, I gotta tell you, I have been watching your videos like crazy. Oh, really? Thank and you. And I I have been enjoying the shit out of them. And and what I what I love is you can tell that you're having a good time. Yeah, and, I'm on and, and you're, Yeah, and you're laughing and cracking me up. And uh, now, granted, I just saw you put up a. Uh, God, what did you call it? Like a whack versus whack or something? Oh, no, you can no, tell it's I, two albums you don't like. I called it ew versus ew, ew, ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I haven't seen that one yet, but uh, I've been watching a ton of them, man, and really enjoyed them. And it, it's fun to see you, uh, you know, have so much fun doing these. And it, and it helps because your guys, they, they seem to pick some really interesting stuff. And, uh, and a lot of times, I love watching one. I saw one uh, the other day. It was uh, Slayer versus uh, Random Blood versus Scream Bloody Gore. Oh, yeah. That's and, I lo- and, I, and I loved it because, you know, you, you love both records, you know. Yeah. But, man, how, how fun would that be, you know, for, for two you love and not have to listen to albums that you hate? Like, today's episode. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Yeah, you'll see, you'll see uh, Ian's impression of me. But, uh, you'll see Ian's impression of me uh, doing Suck versus Suck on YouTube on this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, you will. 
Oh, God. But before all that shit, we got some iTunes reviews to get to. All right. I and, have iTunes reviews because nobody's there anymore. <laughs> and we lost an iTunes review. Somehow, U.S. Army hard. That, that's gone away. I, I think he might have got kicked off of uh, iTunes. Like <laughs> he got kicked off of Podbean. And, and Wikipedia, uh, by the way. That's right. <laughs> uh, but, can you, I mean, how crazy is that? Can, he's like the only human I know that's ever been kicked off Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, oh, and dude, we're the assholes. <laughs> he got kicked off the Oregon Trail, like in 1988. Oh, Lord. Uh, but we've got the return of, of an old favorite. We lost one bad episode, I mean, a bad review, and gained another one. You'll never guess who uh, stuck into their parents' house and stole the internet. Andrew Jacobs? No, he doesn't have to. Andrew Jacobs. He's back. <laughs> He's back. He made a return and a brand new review. Oh, I got to hear this. Uh, this one is a one-star review, believe it or not. Entitled, <laughs> These Two Fatties Are Still Alive? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he must be talking about our cocks. Uh, <laughs> I think that's funny because you're the thinnest I've ever seen you in my life. And, uh, I am. I am. But we're two fatties. I am 5'11", and I weigh 167 pounds, which is a normal weight for that height. But but in Andrew's in Andrew's defense, I was a fatty. Oh yeah, and, and I still am. But I can't get solo credit. I, I got to share that with you too. I guess we're both fatties. Yeah, fuck it. But uh, he says he says, and I quote, and maybe maybe this is what's going on. Maybe it's not my grandchildren. Maybe he's got like a Wadzilla voodoo doll. But he says, and I quote, I figured at the very least. Frogzilla for dead, either from cirrhosis or COVID by now. Which, uh, hey, he's not too far off. Not on the cirrhosis. Funny enough, I got a checkup right before I moved. My liver is perfect. Can you believe that shit? No, I don't believe you at all. <laughs> it's actually true. It's actually true. My liver enzymes were absolutely perfect. I don't even have to cut fat. So... Fuck you, Andrew Jacobs. I'm going to keep drinking while I die of COVID and uh, RSVP and whatever the fuck my grandchildren gave me. But uh, it, it ain't the booze killing me. Hey, 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 by the way, Ian, I never told you this, but I already did a video, uh, a tribute video to you uh, crying and everything about you dying. I, I, You know, so, you know, I already did it. Hey, that that's, you know, yeah, you got it done. It's done. It's in the books. It's great. It, it's already. It's you probably got it edited already. It's ready to go, man. I do. I put on the water. <laughs> I put on the waterworks and say how shocked I am that you died and stuff like that. <laughs> oh shit! But yeah, sorry, Andrew Jacobs. I'm, I'm still alive, barely that, hanging on, but I'm here. That's it. There was no more. That was disappointing. Yeah, yeah that was it. But well, what's even funnier? is our next review. Oh, there's another one. All right, cool. Yes. <clears throat> and this one is a positive review. A five-star review from Cindy Applebaum. Cindy, a girl. Entitled, 
Sydney, Sydney. I believe oh. I believe it's a man. Sydney Applebaum. And he says, "Not my kid. Don't blame me." And he says, and I quote, "Hi, this is Andrew Jacob's stepfather. <laughs> I'm so sorry this piece of shit is bothering you. Me and his mother loved the show. It also gave us the courage to kick him out." on his lazy, no-good ass. We are big fans of the show and even plan on attending Rockin' Pod this year. We sold all of his prized Cabbage Patch Kids and Pokemon cards so we can afford the trip. Oh. While, while I listen to the show more than my wife, she is still obsessed with you two. We can't wait to meet you, and she wants to know if the both of you will play Cemetery with her. Wink, wink. Damn so I was like, yeah, I, I had to Google this shit. I'm like, holy shit, what, what cemetery? Apparently, that's when uh, we pretend our cocks just died and we bury them in her ass. <laughs> well, well, Ian, if you don't mind, I do not want to do the cemetery to, uh, to his mom. You know, you know what I would love to give her? What's that? A Kansas City hot plate. Ooh, a Kansas City hot plate. Hell. Oh. <laughs> you better call a housekeeper and tell them we need some fresh sheets then. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't even know what a Kansas City hot plate is, but I want to invent it on her anyway. So I guess I'll poop on her. <laughs> she knows what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. She'll tell me what it is. <laughs> and, and I believe she said she wishes she would have done that instead of letting uh, Andrew's dad come in her. Would have saved her a lot of heartache. Ooh. Oh, God. Well, those are iTunes reviews. And, and Sydney Applebaum, we cannot wait to meet you and uh, Mrs. Jacobs and laugh at what a failure your son is. Yeah, oh. man, that, that never gets old. I think I think uh, Andrew Jacobs uh, that that review he left was very short because there's just so much internet time at the homeless shelter. <laughs> well, and you know the best part of that just shows you he's still listening. Of course, <laughs> just like everybody else who hates us, still listening. Yeah, but he, he's an exception. He listens to every podcast in the planet. Remember remember how he obsessed he was with us? How how we were number one? Oh, yeah. See, the, the history with this guy is he loved us. He was number one on everything. But he had so many women-hating posts that Ian finally, like, called him out. I'm like, dude, why do you hate women so much that all of a sudden we, we're, like, the worst podcast? The definition of a poser. Because let me tell you something. And I'll talk about this soon. You know my history, Blackie Lawless. Right. You know, and I met him. I talked to him. You know, it's like, I don't hate Tormentor or or the torture never stops or head of his children because he yelled at me. He, he did worse to me than what we did to this idiot. Yeah, but, you know, in his defense, we are going to play Cemetery with his mother. So there's that. And, yeah, but we got to find an outlet in that cemetery for that Kansas City Oh, shit. I, I love it, though. And what's great, too, 
is these are like the fan episodes that nobody's listening to, and he's still listening. That's dedication. That's a real fan. I don't care what he says. He's a great fan of this show. He loves us. Yeah. And you know what, man? I changed my mind. He loves us as much as he hates working. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. Um, yeah, you know what, man? I, I, I changed my mind. I don't think we should change the name of this podcast to the uh, Pod Fluid. I think a better name would be Kansas City, <laughs> the Kansas City Hot Plate Podcast. <laughs> oh, God, I can I can see the logo now. Yeah. I don't think it'll get on iTunes. <laughs> I know. It won't. But it'll teach a, it'll teach a certain person, a certain races from from uh, Boston about sex. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's what Mom was doing. Oh shit! With the glow, well, with the Harlem Globetrotters. That's sweet Georgia Brown. Uh, I gotta say, in between, uh, you know, hospital stents for me, uh, I did make it out of the house, and I went to Seattle. I got to see uh, the Oakland Raiders, or Oakland Raiders, I wish, the Las Vegas Raiders beat the Seattle Seahawks. Me, and my son, I finally went to Seattle proper. And uh, had a damn good time. Got to see a record-setting day and uh, enjoyed the city. I am looking forward to uh, seeing some concerts here soon. But you actually went to a concert since we last talked. Was that the only one, uh, the uh, Armored Saint and Wasp? Yeah, funny enough, since I haven't talked to you in a while, tonight I would have canceled because I was going to go see Kansas tonight, but that canceled. Uh, oh, like, you know, you hit me up. Lack, lack of interest? Uh, yeah, well, yes, because it wasn't on Ticketmaster. It was some weird kind of thing going on to a place I've never been to in Pompano. And <clears throat> I found out, like, earlier this week, I was like, fuck, I, I haven't heard anything about this. And it was Kansas with Lou Graham, you know, a guy from uh, Foreigner. But but yeah. believe me, I think if those bastards that ticket bastard took care of it, it would have sold more tickets. Because it was very like, who the fuck, you know? I didn't know they were playing this Saturday, and it was like some outdoor venue in Pompano I'd never heard of. So it was a weird thing. Because I go to Pompano Beach Amphitheater all the time, so you know Ticketmaster has a hold on that shit. So I guess they couldn't play there since it's not a Ticketmaster event. But yeah, I was supposed to go today, and I would have canceled, but. Uh, I found out this morning it was canceled, and then you hit me up later on. I was like, oh, yeah, I can now, you know. <clears throat> but, wow. yeah, I went to go see Wasp, <clears throat> and, you know, I'm not divulging any uh, anything, but, yeah, I mean, funny thing is, I bought my ticket, like, in January, a long-ass time ago, and not on Ticketmaster as well, on uh, AXS or something like that. <clears throat> And for the life of me, I couldn't get my ticket on my phone. I tried and tried and tried. So uh, somebody hooked me up and I asked that, you know, for the meet and greet. And I asked, hey, look, I'll pay you, man. I mean, can you get me a ticket for, can you get me on the guest list or something? He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I was on the guest list. But I'm in Orlando and I'm hanging out with my awesome friend, David Lovett, and it's his birthday today. And you love that guy. Believe me, you. You do. I do love that guy. You don't know him, but you love him. But anyway, I'm hanging out with him in Orlando, and he did the same thing with his phone. He's like, give me your phone. 
and he punched up my ticket right away. I was like, oh shit, there it is, the bar, <laughs> the barcode and shit. So I called the guy and I said, dude, I'm so sorry. And he's like, ah, just give it, give it to somebody. But I couldn't because this was the lame thing about the meet and greet, <clears throat> which I blame the venue for this. Um, when you go in for the meet and greet, you couldn't go back outside, which means I hung out all day with the last command and fuck like a beast, you know, and I wrapped it around an armor saint <laughs> shirt so it doesn't get damaged. But yeah, oh, man. and look, I'm not saying this because I have an ego. We all know I have an ego, you know. Blackie Lawless, for some reason, like was more, I don't know, attentive to me than all these people in the meet and greet who, who paid. <clears throat> well, he doesn't know I got him for free. But um, he, like when people ask him questions, he answers it, whatever. But when I, I ask him questions, he would look at me. You know, he wouldn't do that to anybody else. And also the way he greeted me. It was weird, dude. It was a, cause, you know, I was like maybe the 20th person he greeted. And I saw how he greeted everybody. He didn't greet them like a dick. But with me, he was more like, hey, what's up, man? And it was really weird. You know, and I'm thinking, man, if you only knew the history, you know? <clears throat> so, yeah, I met him. It was great. Um, Armored Saint. Fuck. And we, we, me and Dave went to... Uh, uh, a Japanese restaurant that was in a strip mall next to the club and we're eating who walks in Phil Phil Sandoval from Armored Saint and hey Phil nice. he, yeah he was so cool he gave us a guitar pick and shit he's a super nice guy and you know we hung out with him for a little bit <clears throat> but Dave had the they had VIP for Armored Saint I didn't but actually I regretted it because the week of the show, I was like, fuck, I want to get a meet and greet for Armored Saint. It's like 80 bucks, which is a steal, you know? So I, I, I went and it was sold out. But, but, hey, what, a hurricane going on over there? Or, uh, no. or are those just the germs flying around? <laughs> I just adjusted the mic. Okay, so, um, Armored Saint, you know, I went to the show, I'm like, dude, Armored Saint's gonna smoke them. I just saw. I, last time I saw Armored Saint, they smoked Queensrÿche so bad. But in in, in Queensrÿche defense, they had the most shittiest set list that night. Uh, but it, it, Armored Saint's gonna smoke Wasp, man. They came out. They gave a perfect, perfect killer one hour show. It just fucking ruled. And I was like, yeah, top that Wasp, you know and. But I was all the way up front for Armored Saint. I went to the back for Wasp, because what the hell, you know? And Wasp comes on. And, dude, that shit sounded so good. And I was like, I'm going to go back up there. And it was a struggle, because that was a sold-out show. I go all the way up there. I'm against the barrier with Dave, watching Blackie. And here's what I got to say about him back uh, lip-syncing. <clears throat> he doesn't. But this is what I noticed. What he does, he did this in the opening medley. He did this during uh, Animal, and he did this during um, the Real Me. He sings to vocals coming in, like he's like the third vocal. You hear like, you know, like tapes of vocals coming in, but he's also singing to it. So he's not actually lip syncing. He's actually singing, uh, but he's singing to other tracks. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh -huh. You can't say that's lip syncing. 
And yes, there was somebody in, um, which by the way, <laughs> you'll laugh at this. Uh, and you probably saw it on Blabbermouth. It happened to the one I was at. Somebody asked him about him lip syncing. Did you see that clip? Yes, I did. Well, the guy that asked him that question, you'll never believe what shirt he was wearing. Oh, uh, Sinking Stanley. Yep. He had a Sinking Stanley shirt on. And I saw him before the meet green. I went up to him. I was like, dude, you know? And uh, <clears throat> so, uh, but Blackie answered it just like that. That's why I also went up there, see if he was telling the truth. Because Blackie said, look, I, I record two, three vocals on a song, layered them. So what I do is I play them and I sing to them. And and that's exactly what he does. So I, you can't say he's lip syncing, you know. And look, <clears throat> I can't say Armored Saint blew away Wasp. I got to give them credit. I thought Wasp was really good, uh, considering the set list and you know all the other things that we see online. Well, I see online that disappoints me. It's different when you're there. For me, when I was there and I was all the way up front, I was like. This shit is fun. These guys are great. I will say those backing tracks, backing vocals, that totally takes, that shit sounds super. But um, that guitar player is a freak and I have never heard a better drum sound in my life live. I don't know how they mic'd up those drums, but they should have every band do it like that. They were fucking great. Now I'm not gonna say they were better than Armored Saint, which they weren't. I think it was in par. I think both bands really, fucking kicked ass and yeah armor saint delivered more of a better set list because the wasp thing was predictable but eh, dude i've seen wasp the time i opened for wasp that sucked this was a big much bigger improvement than the time he yelled at me sucked too so this is the best time i've seen wasp in decades i thought it was i thought it was fucking great and uh that's my review well, you know, I've heard a lot of good things about the drummer that he has now. You know, uh, they were saying he's something else. I think he's from like South America or some shit like that. Um, but it turns out he's playing along to John Bonham. <laughs> That's why it sounded so good. So, so that that could help. But uh, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I really am. Uh, I gotta say. Though I was so so disappointed in the set list, and not only the set list but the length of time that they play. Um, don't get me wrong; if it was here, I'd go see it. But you know, I remember when they were first talking about this. It was all supposed to be just songs off the first album through uh, Headless Cross. And that would have been phenomenal because it would have opened them up to, you know, some deep cuts and stuff. But uh, I was really disappointed to see all the fucking Crimson Idol bullshit and then stuff off the newer albums that nobody gives a shit about. But, I mean, if you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it, you know? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought the same thing you do. And, you know, in a way, I still do think it, you know? But it was different, dude. I mean, being there and also being there as an Armored Saint fan. You know, I went to see Armored Saint, care less, you know, if, uh, for Wasp, you know, I was like, whatever, Armored Saint, you know, is my band. But I was surprised. I got to admit it. I yeah. didn't know it's, it'd be predictable of me saying, oh, Armored Saint smoked them. 
he, they didn't, man. It was, it was just like an even match. And uh, yeah, I mean, looking at it from the outside, the, the venue, yeah, it's very disappointed looking. I will say this, and you know, I agree with you when it comes to the idol. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Crimson Idol, though. Uh, I do like Chainsaw Charlie. I, that's the one song I like uh, the ballad on there too. But anyway, <clears throat> when they did Chainsaw Charlie, he said the bad word that that stupid reidolized shit that he did, where he changed yeah. all the lyrics. Well, he did. I'm a cop. Right. Asshole, that's what they call him. He did all that. And so you recall, what was that stupid kid's name that I banned off the the page because I, I was so <laughs> pissed off about reidolized that little glam kid, the little blonde kid. I oh, uh, alfalfa. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Was it alfalfa? Yeah. Like alfalfa. Al- 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 yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. So. Yeah, I remember he got so mad at me when I when I heard Chainsaw Charlie, the Disney version, and I said it on there, and he yeah. got he he fucking viciously attacked me. Like, shut the fuck up, you <laughs> sheep! How the fuck can you like Chainsaw Charlie and be fine with? I'm Chainsaw Charlie and coming to the Magic Castle. Whatever the fuck he says. You know, he doesn't say I'm a <laughs> sucking asshole and that's what they call me. Uh, my lying motherfucker, the chainsaw is my tool. That shit's epic, dude. To change that is more blasphemous than one in a million being off that fucking appetite to destructive box set, if you ask. Um, let's see, what all did I want to ask you? Um... Uh, yeah, I, uh, well, another thing I was really disappointed about was uh, the stage show, too. You know, he that's something he taunted was going to be, like, just as, like, revolutionary as the first tour and stuff like that. And basically all it was was some circus shit and some videos. I thought that left a lot to be desired. Uh, you know, especially for Wasp. I agree with um, you 100%, dude. I, I understand, especially if I was in your shoes. I'd be more right. understanding because I did see, you know, the first Wasp tour with the rat right. and meat and all that shit and drinking blood. Yeah. I took pictures of that shit. So, yeah, it, it did. But, you know, what? I, at least I saw it. Yeah. Did you get to see the Kill, Fuck, Die tour, too? No, that didn't come here. I saw, oh, man. I saw the, the one where he, he yelled at me was the one with the tree. What's that called? Dying in a New World? Uh, yeah, dying for the world. And then I saw, I saw uh, neon, neon god. No, that's what no. you. Oh, just, oh, I thought you were I saw, there. I saw okay. the one with the horses, the, you know, like the four guys of Babylon. I think it's called. That's that's when yeah. I, that's when I opened for them. So I saw those two tours. Oh, okay. You know, so okay, um, yeah, I saw them on the neon god with uh, like guns. Oh, was that? But it, it was the did same he play? Thing. Did, did he play a lot off that crappy? Those two crappy albums. I'm trying to remember the set list. Uh, I remember, you know, I of course I was totally wasted because I was so excited to finally see Wasp, but I was really disappointed because you know, uh, which he's been doing for years. He opened up with, you know, a medley of the songs I really want to hear. And then playing shit I have no desire to, you know, in its entirety. Um, I I think he, he still played Animal back then, though. Um, but I remember it being a very short, you know, show. 
it wasn't even an hour and a half, and I was very, very disappointed by that. But, uh, I mean, he, he spit out the blood. I remember that. He had the skull and stuff, and I think he spit he spit blood on my buddy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems like a lazy show. And I know he's in his mid-60s, you know, but, hey, at least he did Animal. Uh, and did he cuss an Animal? He said, I fucked like a beast, or was that a recording? Or? No, he made the crowd sing it. Made the crowd yeah, I yeah, the whole crowd did it. Yeah. But, but you know what? There's a lot of people who have seen it, and and they're very happy. And and you know, people who've never seen Wash. So for them, I'm I'm happy for you. But uh, yeah, it's one of those. I, like I said, I'd go see it if it was here. But I'm not too sad. I'm just. I guess I'm. If if I want to see a great Wasp show, I'll watch Wasp live at the Lyceum. You know, because that's the kind of shit I would like to see. I, you know what I would love to see, and I know it's out there, is that fucking, that fucking um, show they did at the Country Club, where they showed clips in Live in the Raw when they had uh, Tony Michael, what was his name? Yeah, Tony. Uh, uh, Tony Richards. Tony Richards, yeah. I'd love to see that show, man. That looks sick as fuck. But uh, yeah, the Lyceum, dude. That's the best Wasp, dude. I'm, I'm privileged to say I saw, and I saw Wasp smoke badly quiet ride because they opened for them and they basically did that whole album the only song they didn't do was show no mercy which was the b-side of uh what do you call uh right fuck like a beast but they did that whole album plus fuck like a beast it was oh they didn't do painted black either but my god man what a fucking show i took pictures of that i i, I was pretty close i have blackie drinking the blood and shit and uh chris holmes randy piper and yeah, steve riley you know but Wish it was Tony Richards, but you know, it was fucking awesome. That was hands down the best time I ever saw Lost. Saw Asylum tour with Last Command, which was good too, but it was short. Like, Quiet Riot gave him a lot yeah. of time. Because I know uh, Kevin and Blackie were buddies. Shit, Blackie even piggybacked, yeah. uh, piggybacked fucking uh, Kevin DeBro on Hearing Aid. Remember that shit? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and then uh, what was it? Uh, on um, Last Command, it was the same producer that produced uh, Metal Health, I believe, as well, Spencer Proffer. Yeah, and what 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 horrible wardrobe you're gonna wear to a heavy metal hearing aid? Uh, then what Kevin was wearing? Oh, uh, pink jacket with hearts the, on the, it. Yeah, yeah, pretty bad. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about the show. Uh, I saw the thing of the guy wearing the Sinkin' Stanley shirt. Now, is he Sinkin' Stanley or is Tim Bream Sinkin' Stanley? Uh, Tim Bream. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. But Tim Bream, he's got his own little fans that wear his shirts and stuff. That's all. Awesome. <laughs> well, it's the first one I saw. I've seen one. <laughs> there's others. But he's got a group that people love. People love that shit. You know, I mean... Uh, you know, people get mad at me for not beating a dead horse. I'm telling you, people are like, hey, talk about Vinny all the time. You know, it's like, no, but there's people out there that just love that shit. So, you know, more power to Sinkin' Stanley with uh, that stick that just, man, people, I, 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 do you get it, Ian? I mean, yeah, it's funny for a little bit, but man, after a while. But hey, I told, hey, I, <clears throat> I said this personally to Tim over the phone. 
dude, as long as you have people following it, who cares what I think? But honestly, it's just, God yeah. damn. It's like, man, it's just the same joke over and over again. And now, and now, and now he's getting through to Eddie Trunk. You know, Sinking Stanley's been on Eddie Trunk like a couple times. Oh, that's hey. You, you know what? If if fucking Five Figure Death Punch can fill a fucking arena, god damn it, let Tim Bream take over. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there, there's there's somebody for everybody. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I love it. Exactly, and and yeah, I know I've known people personally on my page that oh, say, there's people that always say. Dude, you didn't say Paul Stanley of Kiss like I <laughs> People get pissed if I don't do that. I'm like, dude, go go watch last week's episode. I mean, how different is it going to be for me to go <laughs> Paul Stanley of Kiss than, than what I did the, the week before? You know what I'm saying? It's weird, man. People are strange, but hey, more power to them. So Tim got that little niche, man, of, uh, you know, he likes beating a dead horse and he's got all those people that love him beating a dead horse so keep doing it tim i'm not saying it's just not my thing after a while it's like you know people get mad about the stupidest things i get mad when you don't say uh bang bang pizza skulls in your videos yeah i, 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 I yeah i, I kind of got sick of doing that but i do it now and then but yeah it's, it's, it's like what's next you know like 15 fucking little Little fucking sayings that on my videos. It's like, all right, just keep it a smack of a gob. Because that one's classic. That's like, you know, Pang Bang Pizza Skull is like, uh, you know, like, uh, what was that Coke? That new Pepsi. <laughs> or Crystal Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Crystal Pepsi. Oh, Ian, before you go into the news, I got big news, personal news. Uh, I no longer want to bang. Oh, Drake. oh. Ah, you know, I mean, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> it was a weird phase I went into, man. That was bizarre. <sighs> Fuck, now I got to take it back your Christmas present. Well, you know, I can. I, well, let's say, I, let's say I'm not into trannies as my New Year's resolution. So go ahead, send it. It's a bitch. Okay, okay. Well, I better get in the mailbox this week then. Yeah, yeah, before Christmas. And your dicks. <laughs> ah, fuck it. Send me oh. when you can. I, I never did a training. Let me just do one. You ain't <laughs> Oh, shit. All right. Let's get into the news, shall we? Fuck yeah. Ah, what, the, what the fuck's going on this week? Oh, did you see uh, Steve Luthiker's son from uh, Steve Luthiker from Toto? His son married Jonathan Kane's daughter. Holy fuck. I wonder who the DJ was at that wedding. Hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That's a lucky dude. Because look who her father is. You know that chick's got daddy issues. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy moly. I, I tell you what, though. I, I got all excited, you know, when I heard about this lawsuit now between Jonathan Kane and, uh, and Neil Sean. But now there's talk that Greg Raleigh might be coming back. Holy, I'd go see that shit. Well, here's the deal. I think, man, Neil, Neil Sean's just so, he's ridiculous, dude. I mean, still, I think he's better than Jonathan Cain because Jonathan Cain's a fucking play. He's like three chromosomes away from Sammy Hagar, let me tell you. I can't stand that motherfucker. Yeah. But, you know, 
him saying, oh, I want to get Greg Raleigh back. You know it was his little dig at him in media. Because the bottom line is, Neil Sean is a, is a fucking imbecile because he gave Jonathan Kane like half the rights to journey. So let's say he does get uh, Raleigh back. You know he'll, send, he'll sue him the kingdom come because of contracts. So that was just him like, you know, digging at, you know, Jonathan Kane. Oh, I want to get Greg Raleigh back. You know, you jackass, if you didn't give him half the rights, we could get Greg Raleigh back. That would be awesome. Right. I can I can even well, do a little Filipino midget, you know? I got a feeling, I mean, he could take Greg Raleigh out. I think the, the bitch of it is, like, even if he kicks Kane out, I think Kane's going to get paid for nothing. You know what I mean? It'd probably be one of those situations where he's still getting paid even if he's not in the band. Yeah, but he gets paid more. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sucks. And, you know, when you have your wife that's a Jesus freak, you know, it's more money for the confession plate. Yeah. But uh, I, I tell you, we're both, you know, that's our journey is the Greg Raleigh journey. And, Hell uh, yeah. And I, I just think that would make a much more interesting set list too, you know, and hear some of those those older, deeper tracks that we like. I'd, yeah. I'd go see that shit for sure. Yeah, anytime. They don't do that shit with Jonathan Cain. Jonathan Cain doesn't yeah. sing a journey. I have seen footage of him doing some, uh, I think he did uh, Anytime or one of those songs, uh, just the same way, one of the two, and I'm like, fuck, man, I hate you even more. Yeah, well, they got, uh, you know, now that they got Dean Nova back, he sings a good portion of the songs, and they also have a new uh, keyboard player that plays along with Jonathan Kane, and he sings a lot of the old shit, too. But, I mean, none of them have the voice that Greg Raleigh, I mean, as much as I love Steve Perry, man, I, I like Greg Raleigh even more, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for that, and I would I would go see that in a heartbeat, and just to get Jonathan Kane out of that band, I think would be fantastic. Uh, it, it'll but, uh, put- It'll put my ass in the seats, let me tell you. Because yeah. I, I did see Journey. The last time I saw Journey was maybe 2010. And it sucked. You know, I, I, both times I saw him with a Filipino kid. I mean, the thing is that I saw him with fucking Jeff Scott Soto. And that was phenomenal. I mean, because Jeff Scott Soto didn't go up there and do his Steve Perry impression. He sang like Jeff Scott Soto. And it sounded great. It sounded awesome. But, you know, Jonathan Kane, and, and rightfully so, even though he's a jackass and he fired, uh, he was responsible for firing Jeff Scott Soto. But he said, dude, we need to get a Steve Perry clone like we had before, the guy with the perm. So they got the Filipino kid, and now they're bigger, playing bigger places. You know what I mean? But it's, yeah. it's just, I saw Journey. I was lucky enough to see him one time with Steve Perry and right toward the end on the Frontiers tour. I didn't go see Raised on Radio because that shit's fucking horrible. Uh, and and you want to hear something funny? The Raised on Radio tour that played down here was, was actually free, but you had to get it through the radio station, like call them up and get tickets. I never even bothered to do that. I could have gone for free to that shit. But, see, because, you know, that ain't Journey either, man. That was, you know, Steve Smith was out and... and Ross Valerie was out and fucking that that album is horrible. That's a pure little puppy. <laughs> puppy. That's the Generation Swine of fucking of fucking Journey albums, man. It's just terrible. And uh, 
But yeah, I, the only way I would go see Journey, even with the little Filipino kid, is get Greg Raleigh up there. But boy, what a what a dream would it be to get Greg Raleigh and Jeff Scott Soto. Oofa. Oh yeah, I, I wish they'd get. I mean, fuck. Go old school. Get Greg Raleigh. Get Ainsley Dunsbar back. I'd like to see uh, you know Russ back, but or Ross or whatever the fuck his name is. But uh, oh well. It, I mean, it, it's a tribute band, you know. I like that. Um, what's his name? Uh, Rossington. What's his name? Gary Rossington from uh, yeah. Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Yeah, he came he came out this week uh, and basically said, you know, we're not Leonard Skinner. We, you know, we're a tribute band. You know, and I like that he had the balls to admit that. Good for him. I mean, that and you know, I am like the biggest Skinner fan. You know, I haven't seen Leonard Skinner since the first reunion show in '86. Because at least they had Artemis and Billy Powell and Leon Wilkinson. You know, and even Alan Callen, yeah. out, you know, introduced him. He was in a wheelchair by then, but even he was there. You know, and uh, right, that that was a great show. But then, you know, soon after, they kept losing members, and I wasn't interested in these Scab Skinner albums. You know, um, though our great, awesome right. friend who likes those albums that shows those albums are legit. Who is more awesome, Ian? I'm going to ask you this question: Then Brian Davis, that damn good movie. Who's better than him? Oh I, yeah. So I didn't think you could think of anybody. He likes that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, me and him did a Skinner episode on my defunct podcast, Vieira Vault. Um, nice. And he likes all those. Well, I don't think he liked all of them, but he likes some of them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Journey's a tribute band. They're a tribute band. Foreigners, a tri- there's so many that are. You know, so far removed from what they were, but the, but the majority of the people who go to those shows do not give a shit. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think Jonathan Kane made the right decision from a business standpoint because I think Journey will do a lot better with a Steve Perry clone than they would have with Jeff Scott Soto. Yeah, because people suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's that's for sure. People do suck. That's why. That's but why- you know who. That's why Kiss is still filling arenas, man. Yeah, you damn right. Uh, but you know who doesn't suck is Overkill. And Overkill just released the title of their 20th studio album coming out next year, Scorched. And uh, I'm excited for this one. They're saying this one's a little bit more doomier, a little bit more Sabbathy-like. And uh, I tell you what, if we get another... Uh, what, what was that like Sabbath sounding one they put out that I love? I hear black. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear another one like that. Great album. And, uh, oh, love that album. Uh, Colin Richardson, I think, is back producing, and he produced some ones of theirs that, uh, you know, I liked, and ones that I was kind of am about. So it'll be interesting to hear what kind of production he puts on this, but, uh, you know. Fucking A, new Overkill. I know I'm going to love it. I, uh, I'm very excited I for that. I haven't liked Overkill since White Demo Armory, man. I thought their last song was their worst. Wings of whatever. Wings of War? Yeah, man. And the one before that, wasn't there one after White Demo uh, the, gr- the The Grinding Wheel. Little better. Little better. But Ironbound's awesome and White Devil Armory, but 
Yeah, I think that oh, yeah. the thing is, man, that they that this happens with any band. You shit too many albums out, you know, you're you're gonna lose quality. You need to take a little time. Like I, you're probably not a fan of this, yeah. album, but I love the Black uh, Label Order of the Black. I love that album. And why do I love it so much? Oh yeah, yeah. They took a long time to make it. Where it was getting a little ridiculous, yeah. Black Label, a fucking album every fucking day, you know. Oh yeah, no. I order the black. I, I think is definitely you know for latter period black label very strong, and I I totally agree with that you know assessment. You know, they took a little bit of time and and it, and it showed. I mean, still, I think there's uh, like 20 songs on that album and 18 of them are ballads. You know, but those other two songs kick ass. <laughs> Uh, why, why, is, new- why is it, Ian? Let me ask you a question. Why is it that you hate ballads so much and I don't? I accept ballads and yet you're the one that's married. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the one that loves cock rock. Yeah, uh, and, and you're and you're liberal and you hate the French. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a very complex individual. Um, I guess it was probably... Maybe because I've heard more ballads than you, because I listen to more cock rock. Uh, and, and there's just, there's so many older ballads uh, that I think are incredible and, and such special songs. But when it's, uh, you know, when it's forced, you know, when it's a ballad just for a ballad, that, that's what really gets me. Because you can, you can totally tell the difference, you know. You know, Aerosmith, a prime example. When you hear something like, you know, uh, Home Tonight, you know, uh, or even Dream On, even though I never want to hear it again, though, there's just something about those songs that don't sound forced, that sound, you know, natural. And and, and just the force shit is just so like, eh, and you got to bring it, you know. If you're going to slow it down, you know, it it's got to mean something. You know, or it's it's just hollow. I thought I thought uh, those cock rock just had hollow fucking ballads. When I think of hollow ballads, I think of cock rock bands. When the oh shit yeah, cry. Oh. That's just just so. Oh yeah, I know. Horrible. They were tear and and then you know as the years went on, it got you know worse and worse. You know and. You know, it went from you know we all know the formula from back then. The first track would be the the rocking one, second one would be the ballad. So that became predictable. But then it got to where you know there was even more than the one ballad, and 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 they were just oh just fucking terrible. And and there's a lot of bands that I love, like Black Label. I love Black Label, but on every Black Label, there's just too much slow shit. And you know, but. Take uh, off the first album, Spoke in the Wheel. Now that is a gorgeous, beautiful, perfect song that you can tell, you know, came from somewhere. You know, that's something he had to get out of. Uh, you well, know, my, but now, my, my favorite album yeah. of the 90s period is Book of Shadows. I think that's the greatest, and that's all ballads except for one song. And Spoke in the Wheel just sounds like something that could have fit perfectly on Book of Shadows, you know? Yeah, but even even Book of Shadows, um, which I love, by the way, um, 
I, I don't know. There's just something that sounds natural about it. Uh, it doesn't sound forced to me, but on all these, especially, I think, like, Hangover Music, you know, Volume 4 on, it's just like there's the obligatory balance. And none of them have that, that special something. You know, yeah, I think you if know, you're going to... I don't like that Dimebag song in the river. I I, I don't either. I don't either. And, and I feel horrible. I feel like I should like it because how much I love Dimebag but and, you wanna, and how much I know Dimebag meant to him. But you you want to know the truth of that song is that it was recorded before Dime died. Look at the timeline. Right. He then changed it into like a Dime song. Oh, yeah. Well, just the way that uh, what Mustaine says... Uh, uh, what, what's the one ballad uh, he says about Cliff Burton? Yeah, you know? in my darkest. And I, yeah, bullshit. But now that's a great fucking song, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, then you get stuff like a, a Turd Lamont and shit like that. Like, oh god, get the fuck out of here. No, I, I don't know. It's weird for somebody who hates metal as much as I do. I hate ballads even worse. And you know what's you know? crazy is that I, I'll, it, admit, I'll admit that Toot Lamont sucks. But I can understand your hatred for it because not only does the song suck, it's written in French. Yeah, yeah, that, that's just a double fuck me. I'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell you what, you know what else is going to suck? Is uh, on Monday, they're going to release a new Kevin DeBro Quiet Riot song. And... Uh, yeah, I, well, oh. Like yeah, I re- I read like a year ago. Rudy said the next album is gonna have Kevin Kevin Dubrow on it, so they're releasing it on Monday. Yeah, and I guess so. And the thing is, this isn't like you know something that was left off of Metal Health or Condition Critical or anything. You know, <laughs> this this was a latter day um, Quiet Riot song, I believe. Alex Grossi, who uh, you know was the the well, he's still the guitar player, but, you know, he was a guitar player at the the end of the Kevin DeBro era as well. Uh, I think he wrote it with, with DeBro, and Frankie's on drums, and Rudy's on it, but you know the only way Rudy can be on it is if he probably just recorded over whatever Chuck Wright did, right. who was the, was the bass player at the time. But just think about it. If this song was so shitty, it wasn't included on one of those, you know, last couple of the bro fucking Quiet Ride albums. How, what a stinker do you think it is, man? <laughs> you know, well, I, I'm not one to judge shit without hearing it, but yeah, I kind of agree with you. How how good could it be if it was left off rehab? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, I'll give it a listen, you know, just out of curiosity's sake, but. Uh, you know, it's a selling point. It's it's a novelty. It'll be like, okay, you got to pick up this album because Kevin DeBro's on one song, and I think that throws off whatever the hell they're trying to do with this new incarnation. You know, because you still got one foot in the fucking past. But God damn it, Rudy Sarzo's seventy two years old. I can't believe that. I'm so happy he's still playing whoever he's playing with because that guy is just a fucking treasure. And yeah. I saw I saw Quiet Riot with Rudy, man. Uh, Jimmy Pearl's a good damn good front man. It was fun. It wasn't Quiet Riot. I'm not gonna sit here and say it was Quiet right. Riot, but I have so much respect for Rudy. I love Rudy. He just comes off as such a nice guy, and he's oh, just, yeah. and he's a spick like me. 
And he's from yeah. Hialeah. You know, he came from Hialeah. There's so many connections I have with my past and his past. You know, I, I probably told the story in a past episode. His parents still lived here. And his dad was called Rudy Sarzo at the time when he was on tour with Quiet Riot. We would call him. And he was so nice yeah. to us. In Spanish, he'd say, oh, Rudy's on tour. Because Rudy, hey, is Rudy there? You know, we, thought, we were so dumb, you know. <laughs> we're all coked up and drugged out. And we're like, hey, man, let's call Rudy Sarzo. He's probably home. Let's call his parents. And, you know, back then, back then, kids, back then, kids there was this thing called phone books. And sure enough, you go in the phone book, there, Rudy Sarzo, the only Rudy Sarzo. You know, it's like, whoa, Rudy Sarzo, we call and we talk to his parents now and then. It was like, not too many times. Maybe we called three times the most, but I mean, I did. I know my friends called him more. And uh, yeah, man, yeah. I love Rudy. And I've met him. I, I met him not too long ago here at the Hard Rock, one of those uh, fantasy camp things. And man, he couldn't have been nicer. And, you know, right. and I'm hanging out with Beast, you know, uh, from, uh, you know, White Lion, Black Sabbath. And, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I go, you know I'm, I'm talking to all three of them. And then I go, hey, Rudy, can I get a picture? He's like, yeah, but Beast's got to be in the picture. I was like, of course, man. Have two fucking killer bass players in the picture. Super nice dude, man. Yeah, and he was just as nice when I met him. You know, and he, he signed my, you know, the CD booklet for uh, Metal Health and stuff. And uh, super nice guy. But yeah. yeah, you know the song's going to suck. And, and but also it's proof how cool Rudy is that he was nice to a fucking annoying drunk that hates the French. Yeah, hey, and he was nice to me too. That's what, that's what I meant. Oh, it's about you, man. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> oh shit. Well, uh, something else that was cool I forgot to mention was. While I was at the Raiders Seahawks game, the national anthem was sung by none other than Joey Belladonna. Oh, cool! Yeah, I was I was freaking out when they because I had no prior knowledge of this, and we were up in the nosebleed, so I couldn't see that he was wearing a Seahawks jersey, or I probably would have screamed something. But uh, he did an amazing job. Holy shit, did he sound good? And what I loved is. He sounded like Joey, you know what I mean? But he didn't, like, overdo it. He didn't exaggerate. I felt he was very respectful to the national anthem, uh, but he still made it his own. You know, there was no, like, Christina Aguilera was like, you know, but, you know, it it definitely had some balls to it. And, uh, yeah, I just thought that was amazing. And and my son, you know, because I already talked to my son about going to see... I think in the middle of January, it's Anthrax, Black Label, and uh, and Exodus. And and now he wants to go even more after he saw that. He's like, wow, that guy sounded awesome. I was like, fuck yeah. So it's on a Wednesday, which sucks. So I don't know if my son's going to take off work. But uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty neat to see Joey do that. Uh, they, uh, when he walked off, was Scotty in there to collect some money off him? <laughs> no, no, I didn't get to see that, and he wasn't wearing the fucking headdress. But other than that, it was awesome. Uh, how cool would it have been if he wore the headdress? <laughs> it would have that would have been, been cool better. Yeah, it would have been cool if Scott came out and did the riffs, you know, a crunchy version. Yeah. That would have ruled. <laughs> yeah, but you know what would have been better? 
You know what would have been better than Joey Belladonna singing National Anthem? Imagine Mark Alvin Taylor out there doing it. <laughs> I'd love to see him run out there drunk and just go, War Dance! <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the headdress on. Oh, shit. Freeform Rock Podcast is uh, podcast. <laughs> Oh, funny you mention that because we're about ready to review the Freeform Rock podcast of Thrash. But uh, before that, we got some more stories left. Uh, Now, Death Leopard and Motley Crue are going out with Alice Cooper. Did you see this? Yeah, I'm convinced that Death Leopard and Motley Crue are masochists because after what Poison did to them. Now, now, now they're getting Alice to do it. It's kind of like they're like, whip me, daddy. Oh, man. And we both saw, you know, the, the crew farewell tour. Uh-huh. Uh, and I saw it twice. And Alice killed them both times. Yep. So, and I love that it's, what, fucking 10 years later. He's 10 years older. And he's going to do the same thing all over again. <laughs> Just, oh, man. But you know what? I'm happy for Alice. Make that fucking money, Alice. Yeah. Make that fucking money, whatever they're throwing at you. Go make them both look fucking stupid. And, uh, you know, the real winners, you know, are the fans that are going to, you know, the suckers who are going to pay for this shit, but the people that show up in time to see Alice Cooper. You know, because, hey, there you'll get your money's worth. And and if Alice Cooper is listening, and you know he always listens to us, uh, he's a degenerate too, um, Alice. You don't even have to try. You saw what Poison did to them. Just go out there and just fucking go through the motions. You're still gonna wipe the floor with them. I don't. And he, and Alice is like 30 years older than Mick Mars, and <laughs> he's still gonna go out there. You know, I love it. I fucking love it. Um, Aerosmith canceled their remaining uh, dates of this Vegas residency they were doing. They initially canceled. Well, one show, and uh, then they they had a couple left that they were going to do, and now they just said, fuck it. And uh, I, I think these guys need to fucking hang it up, man. Because I, I don't even think Joey Kramer's playing these shows either. No, he's not, which kind of ruins it for me. It's like, wow. Other than, well, you know, you can't blame ZZ Top because Dusty Hill died. But seriously, what right. a fan out there has all original members? And Aerosmith even more special because there's five of them. Opposed to three and ZZ Top. But, um, yeah, man. And and Joey Kramer. You want to talk about probably the most... Well, no. I'd say second most underrated member of that band after Brad Whitford. Joey Kramer. Yeah. A fucking monster drummer. And one of the greatest drum solos i ever seen was... And I don't even like the album, Permanent Vacation. He did... Check out yeah. the drum solo he did. It was so wild. He had glowing sticks. And he was beating the fuck out of his drum. Then he jumps off the drums and he starts beating the fuck out of the stage with the fucking sticks. Because the sticks, I guess, had a little sound on them. Dude, the guy's a monster, man. A monster uh, drummer that doesn't get no recognition. Yeah. But uh, I I did feel bad. I saw online uh, there was a bunch of people who, you know, paid good money and traveled to see those Aerosmith shows. And uh, they were just out. (laughs) <laughs> you know, out all that money. And, yeah, I, uh, I guess that's something you got to be aware of. You know, it's a shame because you know, 
Steven Tyler, I mean, that's an old broad. I mean, you're going to get sick a lot. <laughs> now, 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 Vinny Vincent, on the other hand, when he canceled and people flew in to see him, that's a whole different thing. He was perfectly, well, I mean, as healthy as he could be. Um, and, uh, which I got to, I got to bring this up, Vinny Vincent. You know, I have, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that recent video of Vinny Vincent I put up. Yes, I did. The box yes, set. Yes, I band, did. The box set bandit. <clears throat> yeah. Well, what motivated me to do that is that I was talking to somebody on Facebook the other day, on Messenger. And, you know, he said, oh, he said something about Vinnie Vincent. And I was going to tell this person what Vinnie Vincent did to the Decibel Geek guys. So I wrote on it, I go, look, I'm, I'm busy now. I got to go somewhere. But I got some Vinnie Vincent, you know, inside shit that you should hear. And I'll tell you about it when I get home. But what I noticed was I... I wrote that on a post that I put up that had nothing to do with Vinnie Vincent. Just, I don't know, like currently cranking, I'm holding up a Ted Nugent album or something. And, and, I, and I put it on there, and then I noticed, I was like, oh shit. So I cut and pasted it, deleted it, and put it in the PM. Well, it was up there for about 30 seconds. And one of these fucking troglodytes from the Vinnie Vincent, <laughs> the Vinnie Vincent Legion, that's the name of the group, Vinnie Vincent Legion. He must live on Facebook because the motherfucker <laughs> screen capped that thing and put it out and it, it caused this big ruckus over there, right? And people, fuck, doctor, fuck this and that. And I go, dude, I, you know, because they're thinking I'm, because now Vinnie Vincent's doing another party bullshit where these idiots pay like five yeah. bucks to see him. And, um, and they thought I was talking about that, but I actually was talking about the, I don't have no inside information on this stupid party he's having now. I don't care no more. But they're stuck. So I said, when I saw that shit, because they sent me a screen cap of them complaining about me, I said, I'll give them something to talk about, you know? And soon after, I saw that news article where Gene says, he sounds like Ingbe on crack, and one of the legions lost their mind about it. So that inspired me. And man, you know, like I told you before about Sink and Stanley, when people are like, talk about Vinny, talk about Vinny. And it's like, no, because I'm going to be repeating myself. <laughs> what I had new stuff to say about Vinny, and that shit exploded. I got the stinking army <laughs> watching my videos over here because I'm beating a dead horse again. Oh, God. I, I hope he's doing something while we're at Nashville for Rock and Pop because we should go out and protest. Like, put, we're from the uh, AACP or whatever the fucking animal shit is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we'll protest outside the show to the four people going in. I like to beat them all over the head with a Tupperware. With a brick in the Tupperware. <laughs> with a pink brick. <laughs> and fuck, man. Hey, you know what? Don't send me that uh, that, that Christmas present, Ian. I'm going to fuck Vinnie Vincent in Nashville. Get that tranny thing out of my system. Yeah, well, then you can join the uh, Vinnie Vincent lesions. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that's what you get if you fuck them. A lesion. <laughs> Oh man, I'm stealing that. I'm editing this part out of the show. And make, I'm gonna make pretend I came up with that. The Vinnie Vincent Lesion. I'm gonna do a news report called the Vinnie Vincent Lesion. And in parentheses, you're gonna say, I came up with that. You can have it, it's yours. I got it. Oh shit. All right, well, uh, apparently. Cheap Trick is back to doing shows without Rick Nielsen. After uh, canceling a few, they, they did a show with Robin Sun playing guitar, and 
then when it appeared that Rick was going to be out some more shows, they, they went ahead and canceled. But now it appears that Rick needs even more time off. So Cheap Trick is going back out on the road. And once again, Robin's son will be filling in. And, boy, that's kind of a mixed bag. Because I see, you know, people do bring up some valid points. If they straight up cancel these shows, their road crew is going to lose out on a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yep. Kind of like the, you know, the ACDC situation and everything. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel it, but I also saw some fans saying, you know, fans like you that said, hey, I've seen Cheap Trick 60 times, uh, but no Rick, I'm going to pass, you know. So I get that, but that's a, that's a tough one, you know, because there are people who, especially in this day and age where it's hard enough to make money out on the road, uh, there are people who that that's their living, you know, when they might have turned down other, you know, tours to work the Cheap Trick Tour. So it's a tough situation, but most of all, man, I just hope Rick is okay because they really haven't said what's wrong with him or what kind of procedure he's had done. Uh, and man, Cheap Trick is one of those bands you just don't want to see go away. You know, you want to see them keep going. I mean, yeah, it's, it's still weird that Bunny's not there, but Dax does an amazing job, I gotta say. Um, but man, I, I can't think of a. I, I don't want to live in a world where Cheap Trick's not on tour. <laughs> you know, that's just that's a sad thing to think about. Yeah, I'll still see it though, because I, I, I'm such a big fan of Robin Zander that I'll go see it for yeah. that. But yeah, it's not the same without Rick, which I think is uh, the only most mad scientist songwriter on the planet. I was listening to All Shook Up the other day. That song. High Priest of Rhythmic Noise. Dude, that shit is genius. Yeah. It's just genius <laughs> that the structure of, you look strange, that's what I like. You look strange like me. Like a bedtime story, next position, please. I mean, how badass is that? You know what I like about that song is it's still like, I, I don't know, one day it gets on my nerves and the other day I love it, but I think that's what's genius about it. It's just so fucking weird. It's the but I love. Fuck. I know, but what I love is just the chances they took, you know, and and just how weird and special Cheap Trick is, and so fucking underrated. Well, one thing that uh, man, I hated seeing this fucking headline, and then I thought it was even worse once I saw who said it. But there was a there was a post on Blabbermouth that said. K.K. Downing seemed a little bit nervous and almost out of his depth during Judas Priest Rock Hall performance. And it turns out that this was said by their manager, Jane Andrews, who's been their manager for many, many, many years. And she was on a podcast uh, with Gloria Butler, I believe, is, is, whose podcast is. Gloria Butler is the wife of Geezer Butler, also Geezer's manager. So here you got, you know, two female managers uh, whining. But I, I thought it was really sad because you saw so many positive remarks out of the Judas Priest camp about playing with KK. And then you see their manager, uh, you know, with this negativity. And I, I thought that was pretty shitty, uh, especially for her. I, you know, I, I think she should have kept her fucking mouth shut. What do you think? Uh, did you actually watch it? Yes, I did. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, got, I, I will say, I hope she's as evil as I think she is and lying. Because what she said about KK is like, man, I hope this ain't true. Because, you know, KK has been like, I want back and pre. She said it many, many times. But according to her in that, that interview, like, he made no effort. He stayed separate from them. Even Les Banks was nice to them. And, and KK was standing right. up to them behind the scenes. Like, and then she even said something to the effect where, you know, I think him and Richie really hit it off. Like, she thinks, like, her and uh, KK and Richie are probably talking. But he was very distant to the rest of them. And I think, you know, that she made it look like Richie made the effort. You know what I mean? And uh, right. so I hope she's lying because if KK didn't even say thank you or nothing like Les Banks did, then, dude, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, you're begging to be back in prison. And, and she even said in the interview, if ever there was a time to mend, to, to fix bridges, was there. And he didn't right. do it, which I hope she's lying, man. Because according to what you just said, the rest of priests were fine with him. You know, but they're fine yeah. gentlemen. Priests, you got to say, they're gentlemen. You never hear, like, these people going yeah. out there and bashing. They don't even bash KK, you know? They're just gentlemen. Well, Ian right. Hill does now and then, but Ian Hill is like, you know, he's half retarded. <laughs> Comes with the name. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will say... I thought it was odd how much distance he kept on the stage from the rest of the band, uh, for the most part. But still, I, I, I don't know, especially, you know, being English, I think you should have a little bit more respect, you know, and it just, I, I don't know, that's something I don't know if I would have shared on a, on a podcast or, you know, to me, it just seems like that's somebody stirring the pot uh, to make him look worse. And something that I never knew, and I, I still don't know if it's true, but I heard it alluded to, that Glenn Tipton is married to Jane Andrews. Yeah, I've heard that too. You know, and if that's the case, it would kind of make a little bit more sense because, you know, especially with all these books that came out, you saw what a, uh, you know, a rift there is between KK and Glenn and had been for a long time. And it would kind of make sense when you'd see how much control Glenn took, especially, you know, when when uh, Rob left the band. You know, it was totally the Glenn show. So, I don't know. I just, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth because, you know, I think all of us are hoping, you know, look, how much longer do they have left? How do we want to see it end? We want to see it end with KK back in the band. You, you know Glenn's not coming back, you know, but you know Glenn, you know, has a huge controlling stake in it. You know, at this point, you know, how much he's writing on this new album, I take it with a fucking grain of salt. Probably the same thing with Firepower, take it with a grain of fucking salt. Richie Faulkner has been a blessing to the band and, and in my opinion, has really fed it, fit in with the band and really help them keep going. I have no problems whatsoever with Richie Faulkner. Uh, I'm glad he's over, at least for the foreseeable future, over his health struggles. But I would love to see it end with KK and Richie. I think that would be what a way to to ride that final wave. Um, but I, I, I think that's something that should have been left behind the scenes, even if that was her opinion. 
I, I don't think it was right to say that shit. I agree. I agree on the whole thing. Um, yeah, this guy was good, but I'd rather see fucking KK up there with him. And it looked so cool where, right. you know, even on stage when KK wasn't distant, he was mostly around Richie and they were, you know, headbanging together and doing the, the priest right. together. It looks just so right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I thought it was so great of uh, on Richie's behalf, too, because, you know, KK said some less than flattering shit about Richie. Um but for Richie just to be like, fuck it, man. He's K.K. Downing, you know? And I was honored to play on stage with him and Les and everything, you know? I think that just shows you what a stand-up guy he is. And, you know, you, you gain more respect for that guy all the time. And I'm looking forward to the new album. Uh, you know, fuck. You got Andy Sneap there, who's great on guitar, great on producing. You got Richie and... Uh, hey... As long as it's not another Nostradamus, I'll be happy. Oh, Ian, I forgot to tell you this. Uh, we got a warning from the podcast police. Yes, there is such a thing called a podcast police. And they're going to fine us. Because, yeah, they, they, they sent us uh, that we're going to get fined because we haven't done dick jokes in over two episodes. Uh-oh. So, Uh-oh, we got one for me? Yeah, I do have one because it's an oldie and a goodie, you know, and it also keeps us from paying that outrageous fine, uh, which, by the way, the fine is a kidney. And you know, you got, got to give the kidney. But no, I'm saving your kidney, bro. Here it goes. Hey, Ian, you know why a dick has it rough? Why? Not only are his closest friends nuts. But his neighbor, his backdoor neighbor's an asshole. And, oh. and if that weren't enough, he regularly takes a beating. <laughs> All right. I just saved your kids, uh, bro. Uh, hey, I, I got a math question for you. All right. What's the math question? Are you, what's the square root of 69? <laughs> I don't know. I'm dumb. I don't, I'm not good at math. Eight something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know, I met, I, I met this dude the other day. Don't ask. Don't ask me why we had this conversation. And then he said, "Well, you know how you compliment on uh, on someone on performing a circumcision?" And I said, "No." How? He says, "Tell him to keep the tip." <laughs> Yep. I like it. Yeah, that's it. All right, take that podcast, please. Now leave us alone. All right, I got, I got one last, one last one for you. All right. You know why his mom shaves her pussy? I can't. You, I gotta edit that out. You can't say. <laughs> you know how a Boston racist mom shaves her pussy. All right, do that again. Okay. You know why Beep's mom shaves her pussy? Why? So she can grip the broom better. Oh! oh. <laughs> that's not a dick joke, though. <laughs> no, no, that's a witch joke. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a worthless horror joke. 
speaking uh, of jokes. Well, uh, yeah, speaking of jokes, um, why does the rooster, uh, why doesn't the rooster wear underwear? I don't know. Why? Because he has a pecker on his head. <laughs> Look, it may not be good, but at least it saves Ian's kidney. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of jokes, did you see the new Steel Panther video? Oh, I didn't like it, man. You didn't like it, huh? I mean, uh, it, it was cute with the little references of the bands from back then, but... Dude, I mean, is it me, or did they, like, after, like, uh... Even all you all you can eat had you know gangbang at the old folks home. That's a couple good teams, but after that, like heavy metal rules, I, I didn't enjoy it at all. I, I didn't listen to it at all. Uh, Eighty-seven. I, I thought it had its moments, but they've definitely done so much better. Uh, I still like Steel Panther, but it might start to be wearing a little bit thin. You know what I mean? Oh, it is. And, and you know, I've seen Steel Panther so many times. And it's always fun. It's a blast. But it's it's like the first time I saw him. You know, the little jokes in between. They always open with Eyes of a Panther, no matter what. I've never seen them open yeah. with a different song. And, you know, the little, the little you know, thing. But, uh, you know, I mean, in their defense, I mean, how long can you keep writing awesome songs like you know, Asian hooker and shit like that. You know, I mean, you can only spread it out that that far. You know, turn out the light. I mean, they had some great right. songs on those uh, first three albums. Balls Out was awesome. You know. Uh, yeah. You know? Oh yeah. But but yeah, it's kind of wearing. Yeah, it is wearing thin. It's kind of like. Uh, but you know what? I'll still go see them because they're so much fun. They are coming again, and they always play the same fucking place, the culture room. And it's always a blast. I get to see chicks I see all the time at shows. See, there's a lot of girl familiar faces I see at shows. But what's really cool about Steel Panther, I get to see those same chicks get up on stage and show their tits. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, we got one last story uh, to talk about. And I can't believe we haven't hit on this one yet. But uh, it's what has the whole internet in a blaze, and that is the Pantera shows. Oh. Uh, the, as as of us recording now, uh, there's been three shows. Have you watched any of the footage? Yes, I have an opinion. Okay, I would like to hear it. Doesn't sound like Pantera to me. The, the position's gone, but I will say, it's still bad. Phil sounds amazing. It's still yeah. badass, but it doesn't sound like it doesn't. You know, I mean, Charlie does a hell of a job. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have that precision Vinny has. And Zach is a god, but man, you real real you really realize how Dime is superior because Dime had this way of playing those solos that were just so fucking cutthroat that Zach, I think Zach's good doing Zach. You know, he, he, I don't think, he, I, I can accept Charlie a little more because he's so on the money and, and of course, drumming is so much harder. But it, him and him and Zach doesn't have that precision. Now, it would if it comes my way when I see it, hell yeah, son. I'll definitely go see it. I love Pantera. But yeah, watching it, I thought, yep, man, the Abbott Brothers, man. 
those guys are Pantera. And I will also say, look, I'm on the fence. You know, I'll go see it, this and that. But stop with this bullshit with, uh, oh, this is how Vinny and Dime would have wanted it. We already know Dime, uh, Vinny made it vocal that you can't do Pantera without Dime. Yeah. So stop with that bullshit out. Because yeah. you know, you know he, if, if Vinny is watching, he's pissed. You know? <laughs> he's fucking pissed. Oh, yeah. You know, but you know what? It was awesome. It just, it wasn't as awesome as Pantera, dude. It just wasn't, because that was special. You saw Pantera, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, I saw him like nine or 11 times. There you go, yeah. just like me. I, 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 Maybe, yeah, maybe around eight or nine times. Dude, the precision of those two together, that that Vinny and, and, and Dime thing was special, man. It had this, I mean, like a razor blade, you know, uh, feel to it where this one was a little more loose and it just didn't sound like Pantera but hey it was good enough that I'd go see it but yeah it's definitely not Pantera yeah um, I kind of feel the same way I enjoyed it it was nice to hear those songs again Um, I would like to hear some more deep cuts than what we got you know it's kind of like almost uh a very predictable set list but then again you know I'm thinking to myself it's like mm, do you really want to hear Zach try to play floods <laughs> you know yeah uh, uh, you know so you know will I go see it oh hell yeah um, well I guess one more thing we can talk about is this uh, Metallica tour that Pantera is going to be part of and uh, a pretty neat tour where Metallica's playing uh, in every city. They're playing Friday and Sunday, and there's no repeats. And on Friday uh, will be Pantera and uh, Wolfgang's band opening up. And on Sundays, unfortunately, is Five Finger Death Punch and Ice Nine Kills, uh, which both two horrible, horrible fucking bands. Um I might be going to see this. I don't know if anybody's seen the, the prices for these shows, but my son told me one of his coworkers is talking about buying the the seven thousand dollar package. Jesus Christ! Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the uh, the extravagant package. But what I didn't realize, either that or my son's got it wrong, um, that seven thousand dollar package. Uh, you've got like a, like one of those private boxes and you can bring up, up to 10 people. So his, his buddy's talking about paying for it and then, of course, my son and I would give this guy, you know, a decent chunk of fucking change to go to both of these shows. And, you know, my son never got to see Pantera, so of course he wants to, he wants to see that. And he likes Metallica, you know, it, more than well, I, I should say more than me, but he's more accepting of all eras of Metallica than I am. Um, you know, I'd go, I've only seen him once. You know, I've only seen him on the Black Tour. I absolutely love the new song. Uh, you know, so I, I hope it's more of that. You know, uh, I would go see it, but um, yeah, I mean, getting back to the Pantera, it was. It, it was bittersweet. It was nice hearing those songs again, and I agree, Phil, 
to me, sounded better than he sounded in years. <clears throat> but the fact is, you know, all those guys are in their 50s, too. You know, I, part of me thinks, you know, if Diamond Vinny were still around, would it be much different? You know? We're talking about a band we all saw in their heyday, in their prime. You know? Um, I liked what I saw. It wasn't... I was hoping for a little bit better, but I, I, hey, I ain't complaining. I'll go see it, and you know, it doesn't offend me like it offends a lot of other people. But yes, we all know, you know, Vinny is rolling over in his grave about this. But oddly enough, I, I honestly do believe that uh, Dime would be okay with this, and I think Dime would be happy that you know, not only with Phil and Rex, but you know, two of his close buddies and, and Charlie and. And Zach are up there, so I think he would be a lot more accepted and forgiving than than Vinny would be about the whole thing. Dude, and seven thousand dollars? It's fucking Metallica, dude. Oh, uh, dude, if they're gonna get, oh, oh, you get a private room for ten thousand dollars where you can take in ten people, bitch. If I'm gonna pay ten thousand dollars, I want no. I don't want to take nobody in that room. That room better supply. Five prostitutes and five very generous, <laughs> extremely generous drug dealers that Metallica pays off so they can give us, give us free drugs and free drugs and you know like you know <laughs> whores asses I can snort cocaine and crystal meth off of. Yeah, that's more appealing for some. Not fucking seven of my buddies. What are they gonna give me? Right. Well, I mean, there, there's more to it than that, I believe. Um, with that, you get some special access for the weekend. You get to meet uh, two uh, Metallica members, which by that you almost know already that it's Robert and Kirk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and there's some other perks. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous in this day and age, but there, there's people who pay it, you know. I, you know, everything you just said, I heard nothing about prostitutes and generous drug dealers. Yeah. Not worth uh, it. And, and another thing, Ian, look, I also, like you, I love that new song. I'm loving it. And I'm hoping that album is just as yeah. good. But honestly, do I really have to see Metallica again after what I just saw a couple weeks ago? You know? I don't care how right. good that oh. is. It's not going to match what I saw. Okay, let, let me read this to you. This is, it's called, uh, you know, there's like a bunch of different tiers you can get. But this is called the Lux Eterna for, uh, Platform Experience. By the for way, seven, by, by, the way seven, by the way, Ian, it's pronounced Luke's, and even James says Lux in the song. Okay, well, for $7,272... Uh, price includes up to eight guests total. Uh, one exclusive viewing platform for a private group of up to eight people with an unbeatable view for both shows in the same city. Platform beverage cooler stocked with complimentary beer and soft drinks. Access to the official black box pre-show lounge, which includes three complimentary beverages, as well as appetizers and bar snacks. One limited edition Metallica merchandise item for each member of your group. 
pre-order your concert merchandise and have it delivered to your platform. Uh, On-site perks as a priority check-in, dedicated support staff, and fast track lane into the venue. Um, Where's the generous drug dealers? Yeah. Yeah, no, no generous drug dealers. No, but uh, seven thousand. So I mean, if you divide that by eight people, you know that's probably you know what I'm horrible at math. Seven or eight hundred, uh, you know, per person. Uh, Suck my ball. Yeah, but you know, you know, two shows and and no repeats, which which is nice, but. Uh, the the scary thing, you know, two shows, no repeats. That means that both shows are going to hear shit off of load and reload. Yeah, you're so. not you're not going to get trapped on their ice like I did, and no remorse. Yeah, Suck yeah. Balls. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, well, and I don't mean to change the subject, but uh, you know what the elephant said to the naked man? No. How do you breathe out of that thing? <laughs> fucking dick jokes hell yeah oh god well well enough of the funny jokes let's get let's get to a bad joke uh thanks to the for the third and last time Jeff Carr uh this week's episode toxic think this and man I gotta say when when I first saw the list of what Jeff paid for and again amazing this guy bought three episodes fucking amazing that's awesome um I misread it I went I I thought it was Toxic Holocaust who I'm a fan of I was like yeah cool Toxic Holocaust okay that's a cool you know out the box fucking thing and then I saw wait a minute it ain't toxic holocaust it's just toxic and at the time uh, I went through my discography you know my 30 something thousand albums I have I only had one toxic album Uh, I had their latest one and I was like oh fuck what's this shit so I went and listened to it and I just thought oh my god this shit is fucking terrible I mean, this is really bad. This is like, you know, power metal fucking thrash. You know, just like, oh, fucking nerd alert. Nerds. You know, oh, fuck. And I'm like, well, fuck, this ain't even the one I got to hear. So I went and downloaded their discography and come to find out that it was a different singer on this album. Apparently, every album has a different singer. So I was like, well... You know, maybe I like that better. But, uh, whoo, this was a first listen to me. And I, I took your advice, Ralph. I finally said, fuck it, I'm not going to torture myself. I just, I, I listened to this once. Now, granted, it did take me multiple listens to get Crimson Idol. Or Crimson Idol, Crimson Glory. I didn't like it at first, and I ended up liking it. I got a sneaking suspicion, though. Spoiler alert. I don't think this one's going to grow on me. But I had never heard of this band. 
I, I know nothing about him other than I, I do like the album cover because it was done by Ed Ripka. And I had no idea that two uh, metal musicians who I do like played in this band, of course, not in this era, but uh, Ralph Santanola, who played in Death and Deicide, Ice Earth, Sebastian Bach. Yeah, Obituary. Uh, he was in them for a while. And also Jason Bittner who I love, who was in Shadows Fall, is currently the drummer for um, Overkill. Uh, we're in this band. And I saw some reviews of this album where a lot of people are, you know, are calling this a damn fine album. But uh, maybe they got a different pressing than I got. I don't know. But you actually knew this album, correct? Well, yeah, I discovered them through the metal shop on the first album, World Circus. And uh, I love, I like that album even more. I love World Circus. Um, but, uh, and then when this came out, I bought it. I never heard the last one, believe it or not. I was aware of it, but I never ventured to listen to it, which is weird because I love this band. I think this band's amazing. I've never seen them live, but um, yeah, I, I bought Think This After This. And it is very different in the first album because it's more technical. The first album was pretty much straight ahead thrash. But I liked it. Right. I, I love this album. From the first time I heard it, I'm like, dude, this, this, I have to say, man, this guitar player, hands down, Josh is the most underrated shit. Not only thrash guitar player, guitar player ever, period. He is like, him and Sean Lane have to be the most underrated guitar players on the planet, if you ask me. Cause this guy is just, Beyond, I mean, he's like fucking not human, you know. I love Who's Sean Lane. There you go. That shows you how fucking underrated it is, dude. If you punch up Sean Lane, I think technically he was the greatest guitar player on the planet. Big boy. What what band? No, he was just what band? A, he was a solo guy. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, he died, you know, because he was he was very well, like morbidly obese. But, my God, nobody cleaner than him. That guy, his playing is just, on. I think he's, tech. I, I can't say he's the best guitar player, but technically, yeah, I don't think anybody can touch Sean Lane. But this dude, too, man, this dude, what he does, as far as thrash guitar players go, I think the closest would be Jeff Waters. But I even think this guy's even more insane, because Jeff Waters has the precision. Well, this guy has the amazing ability to fucking just blow your brains out with what he does in these solos it just it doesn't sound human it sounds uh, like this guy is like a fucking uh, a robot you know he's, he's just amazing yeah, he may he may he makes me want to blow my brains out i'll tell you yeah. that much well there you go you know who i think is underrated well i mean maybe not underrated because I, I think a lot of people respect him but uh jeff loomis oh yeah no he yeah yeah nevermore never yeah yeah he is amazing Unbelievable guitar player. Yep, Jeff Loomis Wolf. Now, and he's got a he's a very technical guy. Yeah. But uh, it, it doesn't annoy me. It, it, to me, it's not an annoying technical. I it, I can I can respect it. But uh, whoo, boy, this was a tough one. And I gotta say, I'll, I'll tell you when I get to it. But you you did pop in my mind. You popped in my mind a bunch of times <laughs> on this album. I gotta say. Um, but uh, you were telling me how there's certain songs you don't even make it all the way through. That happened to me on this one. 
Only one song. I will admit, only one song. I only got halfway through. But another thing that I thought about with this is I told you how I was watching, you know, I've been watching tons of your videos while I've been laying at home sick. And I can't remember now who you were talking about. Uh, I, I think it was Sabbath. I, I think it was something against... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you did Scorpions Taken by Force against Never Say Die. And you yeah. were talking about... Uh, you know, you, you said something. It was pretty funny, but it, it had... I, I thought it had a good point and a lot of heart. You said... Um, you know what? I, I feel bad for people who don't listen to this you know, or who listen to this and don't get it and don't like it because I get to enjoy it and you don't. I feel bad for you. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and after listening to this, I feel bad for me because other people enjoy this and I don't. I don't. And, uh, you know, I saw something else online. Uh, people were ragging on this, this lady uh, this actress, Kiki Palmer, who was on Saturday Night Live the other week, and they were trashing a picture of her without makeup. And and this lady, uh, God, I forget, Nancy Nash, she's the black chick from uh, Reno 911. She said, uh, haters ain't be happy, and happy people ain't be hating, or some shit like that. And I just realized, you know what, you're goddamn right, I'm a fucking hater. And I feel bad for you people. Well, I mean, I feel bad for me because other people get to listen to this and enjoy it, but not me. Not me. This shit, I was fucking miserable. Miserable. <laughs> and, and, and I wish I could have got some enjoyment from this. I, I really do. But this shit was fucking torture. Goddamn torture. And it's not only the vocalist. Oh, oh. God, it, it, it's, it's like a really bad thrash Getty Lee and the guitar playing got on my last fucking nerve and I don't know if I have a kind thing to say about this and it was fucking torture but I guess I'm just a hater I don't know well I mean I, I want to reiterate there's certain bands look what you went through on this I went through with Slipknot which dude when I did a track by track of Slipknot, halfway through it, I swear to God, I, I didn't, I wasn't joking when I said, damn, I miss Sammy Hagar. That's how bad it is. Yeah. But I can't feel bad for the people that do like it because they've all been molested as kids, you know, and I wasn't. So, <laughs> so you know, I mean, there are exceptions, you know. Yeah, this thing, it really... It put me in, in a bummed out mood. Like, I was dreading, you know, besides I just haven't been feeling good and very low energy. So it's been taking a lot to build up to do this, but I've been watching these videos of you and missing you. I'm like, God damn it, I want to laugh. I want to joke around with Ralph. But fuck, I know this album's going to fucking suck, just, you know, because I listened to their latest album. And then I finally got around to listen to this today, and I was just like, Oh man! Oh man! And by the end of it, and I, I've done this a lot of times when we review an album I don't like. Uh, if I think there's even a chance I'm not going to like it, I try to listen to it early in the day, so when I'm done, I can listen to something I do like, and you know, like, and get my mood up. You know, start feeling better. 
man, I was having the hardest time. I was switching every. I listened to some fucking, uh, you know, some Dio's. I listened to some fucking Udo. I listened to some Venom. I listened to some uh, uh, Death. All kinds of like different types of shit. Like maybe something's gonna knock me out of this funk because it really had me depressed. It really had me do it because I'm sitting here. I've been watching you doing all this stuff, and you're so goddamn happy. And and this music made me so fucking angry and depressed. And and, and I feel bad about that because somebody listens to this shit and gets fucking joy out of it. You know, uh, apparently this guy likes it so much he paid for it. Now either you know he just thought it would be funny because he knew he knows we would hate it, or he really likes it. But I kind of get the feeling. That this guy is doing it because he likes it. And I feel bad that I got a shit all over this. And and it's a different kind of shit than like a Sammy Hagar shit. You know? Th- this was this was like even more torturous than Sammy Hagar, I gotta admit. This was some really, really bad shit. And I, I, I don't know how anybody gets joy out of this. And it put me in a funk. It, it made me depressed. It, it actually made me fucking depressed listening to this album. And we haven't even got to it yet. <laughs> but if you notice, we had a long news segment today. Holy bejesus. I oh, know, I just had to get that off my chest, man. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Uh, you know, it's also, you know, listening to you now talk about this, it's, you know, I totally blame Timeline, too, because... At this time, you were getting into the safer thrash and the safer music, the cock rock and the testaments and the uh, anthrax. You know, it's, this this is definitely not your wheelhouse because you weren't raised on this. I don't know, but man, this this was a, a a depressing listen. But I would like to hear what you like about it. So why don't you take the first song? Think this. Think this. I think there's like a concept album. I could be wrong. It probably. Um, and this song, no, I, I think it, I think it, yeah, it's about the media. It's about, it's about fucking in. That's what it's about. Now this this <laughs> uh, this song is about like the manipulation, like we, uh, that is far worse today with the Fox News and the CNN that only talks about the narrative. That's what they're saying in this song. And uh, I just think the, you know these solos, the vocals. I love these vocals. The, prog- the progressive elements, the technical mind-fucking, and I think it has amazing melodies. And uh, to me, this is high-quality tech thrash. And this album is one of the greatest tech thrash albums ever made. Because I, I can't say that about World Circus. World Circus is not really technical. It's it's more straight ahead. It's kind of like what Annihilator, Annihilator did with... Uh, Alice in Hell, and they went, they didn't go technical, but they went kind of different after that. But I absolutely love it. Right. I think it's a great, great opening track, and uh, I love it. So uh, you better hate it, you son of a bitch. Uh, well, actually, this song, it, it hadn't, like, broke me down yet. I put not bad, but that singer, holy shit, you know. Uh, in, in my opinion, he kind of raced whatever, you know, I, I was like, okay, okay, it's kind of thrashy. I like that, but those vocals just fucking killed it for me. But the one thing I'd say off the bat is 
you know, while there were some technical solos, the rest of it was, to me, very, uh, you know, not, nothing original as far as thrash, you know. And by this point, 89, you know, there's been a good blueprint already of thrash. And I, I just think they borrowed too many cliches and breakdowns and riffs that I've, I've heard before and I've heard a lot better. And again, I just didn't think it was very good. Um, you know, I, I didn't hear the song in it. But, uh, but yeah, I, 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 it didn't totally piss me off, but that singing, oh, God. Then we'll go on the next song, Greed. In uh, this one, they sample Wall Street. There's a lot of samples on this album. Uh, and I don't know, even the samples, I think, are just so blatant in this. You know, it's like they don't even mix them in kind of cleverly, like how bands like Ministry would put in, you know, like little movie sound bites, but it'd be mixed in with the music. Like here, it's like, you know, a little bit before the song and then it kicks in. I just, I, I, I think even that was done kind of just lazy. But uh, what did I put here? Uh Jesus Christ, I can't even read my reading. Uh, it sucks. Be- yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't even read what I wrote. I'm, I'm so drunk and disturbed, but I didn't like this song. Did not like it. I'll tell you that much. What did you, what did you think of Greed? I love it. I think it's a killer tune. I like the little sound bites because it just sounds like he's changing channels to, you know, the next channel is this song. Uh. And, um... To me, it sounds like traditional metal and Megadeth had sex and gave birth to this tune. I think Charles Sabin has some insane pipes. And again, the, the guitar playing is just a whole new level. And the outro to this song is fucking epic. I love it. All right. Next one is Spontaneous, which I think is even better than any song on World Circus. I think this is the best toxic song ever. And, uh, they could have made this three songs with the riffs from the first two minutes of this damn song. And uh, I think it's so creative and kick-ass. Um, if this is the lineup uh, had released another album in the 90s, um, it, it, it just... Um, to me, this sounds like a heavier version of Agent Steel. And there's this riff early in the song that eerily uh, sounds like Enter Sandman uh, that came out like what two years after the, uh, this album yeah because, two years after yeah and um, I love it I love this song I think it's great spontaneous it's fucking awesome I, it's my all time favorite uh, toxic song okay um, I put nothing new here uh, but I've sure heard it better. Uh, again, to me, this is just third-rate third rate thrash. Uh, heavy for heavy's sake, but there's no song. You know, Yeah, they can play, but can they write a fucking song? I don't think so. This one did nothing for me. But I will say it's better than the next song, because holy shit, here comes the ballad. There stood the fence. Oh, my God. Uh, 
is this one bad and and so out of place on this album uh you want to talk about obligatory like i don't know if they were trying to reach for some kind of crossover shit for this it doesn't fit in with the rest of the album and it's not like good enough to stand out i mean this is just a horrible fucking ballad to me what do you think about this one no if this is not the perfect ballad i don't know what is this guitar intro... <laughs> Wait, it gets funnier. Oh. That guitar intro has to be the most haunting shit ever written. Uh, this song to me is 100% timeless. A true classic most people never heard. Josh's solo here was just so good. Every note to me had like a purpose. Yet it still displays his superior techniques. And, mel- and melodic sensibilities. You know, he, he was not only uh, a very underrated guitarist back then, but nobody knows who this guy is, you know? It's like, it's insane, you know? Uh, it plays one of the most beautiful songs uh, ever made. And and uh, this is how you do a ballad, in my opinion. You know, if a hair band made this song, it would have topped the charts. You know, and uh, the intro of the Sleep by Pantera, and this album uh, it sounds kind of like this too. And this one's released uh, back in '89. And yeah, I remember seeing a dime bag wearing a uh, toxic shirt at the time. So this may have had. Well, they did. They did. They did tour together. Okay, so this this song may have had an impact on uh, the Sleep from Pantera. All right, what uh, you take the next one, right? Or do I? Uh, you can take it. Black and white. I just love the opening riff. So freaking heavy. And, you know, uh, you know, it's like one hell of a soul. Like, you know, a lot of people say Tornado of Souls is the greatest thrash solo. Bitch, please. This solo is the greatest solo on any thrash album. Um... Josh Christian is one of the greatest guitar players ever. And this amazing pummeling chorus, you know, it just crushes uh, Black and White. Another awesome track containing my favorite guitar solo in Thrash, period. Not off the, just off this album. That's what I think. Wow. Well, I, I think the greatest thing about this band is who they toured with because they opened up uh, around the time of this album, they opened up for King Diamond, Sepultura, Prong, Exodus, Sacred Reich, and Pantera. All bands that I love. But this song, holy fuck did I find this annoying. And the guitars literally gave me a fucking headache. I, I, I thought, like a, like a thrash invade. And, and, oh, man, it, I was, and, and, and that's the thing, it's like, you know, this, as if the singer wasn't pissing me off enough, now the guitars are getting on my last fucking nerve. I, I do not find, I'm not saying the guy can't play, but I do not like what he plays one fucking bit. And then I'll go over to the next song, Technical Arrogance. Uh, which, which I think that's what the, that's what they should have called this band, Technical Arrogance. Because uh, 
you know, they think their shit don't stink, but this shit just gives me a fucking headache. Uh, nothing here. Nothing here. What do you think of technical arrogance? Well, believe it or not, I'm going to be a little bit on your side on this. I mean, I do hear the Voivod Warship. And, um, but this, yeah, I think this track is like a technical arrogance. It really is. It sh- it's too many. I think it overdoes it with the time signatures. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's super tight, but with all the killer parts, and it's a bit too much for me. I guess I would get out of this what you do. It's like, okay, you know, I, I get it. You guys are are great at what you do, but here's where I agree with you. I don't hear a song. I just hear showing off. How you feel about this whole album, I encompass it in only one song, and that's this one. Alright, the next one is called In God. Um, it's a beautiful and haunting yet energetic song. And again, this guy's seriously non-human with what he does on this song as well. Whole band really, I, I, a drummer you were talking about earlier from Overkill. He's fucking killing it, you know? Uh, I'm sure... Oh, I'm, he's, not on, he's, not, he's not on this. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. This guy yeah. will... Um, uh, and, you know, I mean, this guy's so badass that I, I I bet you after they recorded this song, he had to go buy a new drum kit. Um, this song is a perfect balance of technical and thrash. I get it. You don't. I, I, I'm happy, and I've never been touched as a kid. <laughs> okay, well, this is the one where I, I pulled a Ralph, and I made it about two minutes and 50 seconds into the song and I had to fucking skip. I, I, I just couldn't fucking take it. I, th- I thought it was absolutely fucking horrible. I, 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 re- I was really starting to get mad <laughs> that I'm on this great show and, and I gotta talk about this fucking shit. Fucking horrible. And then I'll go to the next song, Machine Dream. Huh. I wouldn't go as far as to say that I like it, but to me, this is the best song I've heard on this album so far. This one, uh, it's weird. I think there's a little bit of keyboards on this, even though they don't they don't list anybody as playing keyboards on the album. But I thought I heard a little bit of some kind of keyboard or synth. Uh, but I thought it worked, and I found it more interesting than anything else on this album. Uh, probably if I would have heard this song first, like if this would have been the opening track, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But I'm so beaten down by the time this fucking song comes on. Um, I, I can only give it a marginal thumbs up, but I did not hate it the way I hated everything that I've heard before. Please don't tell me that you hate this song, Ralph. <laughs> no, no, the only one, and I don't even hate technical arrogance. I just thought it was a little too show-offy. Um, this is awesome. Again, with the solo, to me, it's not the norm. And uh, he takes all these elements of incredible guitar players and twists it into this awesome arrangement. Seems like, you know, it'd be a pain to learn, even with tabs, this guy's playing. And uh, even if you had a step-by-step instruction, I bet you can't fucking nail this if you're a good guitar player. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, this guy has to be one of the best metal guitar players ever. The, the clean sweeps for days and that thrash, uh, militaristic, you know, kind of playing. You know, it's so tight, man. It's tighter than a, than a nun's asshole, you know? Fucking incredible. Killer song. Tick, tick, tick. Oh, wait, wait. I take it back. The worst song is the next. Oh my god. <laughs> They're probably out in the tiles. Oh my god. The drumming. Guy's a great drummer, but yeah, he cannot match the greatness of John Bonham. The song overall lacks the feel and thunderous thing that Led Zeppelin did on, on Zeppelin 3. And no, this solo is way too precise. It lacks the human element of Jimmy Page. Charles Sabin, I says, you know, he doesn't sound anything like like Plant, but the singer, you know, he, he doesn't sound anything like Robert Plant, but I, I think he seems more comfortable in this cover out of all of them. Uh, that's the only thing I can say that's somewhat decent about it, but no, man, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know, Dream Theater fucking covering ACDC. You know, it's you guys are lacking you're great at the the technical and you know the, the bashing but when it comes to organic music bands like this should stay away from Led Zeppelin um yeah I forgot out of the tiles this is a horrible cover if you ask me wow well <laughs> we couldn't disagree more because uh, I think this is one of the finest Zeppelin covers I've ever heard. Holy shit, did they did they nail this fucking song? Of course I'm fucking kidding. I knew this is fu- this is fucking terrible. Oh like, my I, god! I was like, Ian can't be serious. <laughs> oh, I would rather hear Burzum cover Mambo Number Five than this fucking shit. This is an atrocity of Led Zeppelin. I mean, come on. Come the fuck on. You know, you you claim to like Led Zeppelin and you do this to it? I'd rather hear Dread Zeppelin. Jesus fucking Christ, is this fucking pathetic. And and so I don't know what's more out of place, this or that fucking god-awful ballad. I don't know, I, I think this is even worse than the fucking ballad. This is really, really fucking bad. Holy shit. Gotta be ashamed of themselves. I mean, I mean, seriously. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> yeah! For doing this. You know, I'd rather hear another concept album out of fucking Dennis the Young than this shit. Oh my god, is this horrible. And so out of place. So fucking out of place. Uh, ugh. Ugh. God. I'll take the next piece of shit. Shotgun logic. The logical thing to do would be to put a shotgun to my fucking ears. I'm so over this fucking shit. Unoriginal fucking Z-rate fucking thrash. This uh, this is uh, fucking horrible. It's, it's a disgrace to, to the big fucking 50 of thrash. I, I, I'm so over this shit. Bunch of fucking crap. Bunch of goddamn noodling fucking bullshit. I can see why this band's gone nowhere 
and nobody knows anything about this band and they fucking broke up because this is it, this is fucking amateur hour shotgun logic blow your fucking head up go, go back you know oh, God. just get another job which is what I'm sure they had to do this is fucking terrible what do you think but Ian I like it oh okay cool uh, the intro riff is killer, man, and holy fucking tempo change. I love what they do with these fucking changes, and yeah, Charles Sabin, you know, I mean, everybody always points to Belladonna. Nobody talks about Russ uh, from Forbidden. I mean, he, Belladonna is not the only clean vocalist in Thrash, but uh, this well, guy... I like Forbidden. Uh, and, and he has clean vocals. Um... And I and I love this dude's vocals, you know. And I I find it even more. Uh, I think he is the most melodic and even cleaner singer than Belladonna. And he just happens to sing for a band that is not as spoon-fed musically as Anthrax. And Josh once again proven to me why he's the most underrated guitar player, and not only Thrash but overall. And the song it's fucking classic in my world. One of the best songs on here. I'd say it's probably the second best. The Shotgun Logic. Awesome tune. All right, the last song, which is not technically the last song, the last musical piece here is called Time After Time, which, um, slamming. Uh, I think the sound, you know, I, maybe, I doubt it, Ian, but maybe it will uh, grow on you, but I doubt you'd give it another chance. Because listen to this, because... No. Yeah, yeah, I didn't listen to it many times. Um, through the years, but I have, you know, maybe once every other year. But actually sitting down and listening to it, listening to it, because this is one of those bands that, yeah, I gotta, re- I gotta write down the song titles because there's a million albums I like that I'm not gonna remember the song. Shit, my favorite album of all time is The Wall, and there's a lot of songs on there I don't know the title, you know, and um, <laughs> so um, I just think it's a, it. it, it it's a great way to end this, and um, and I feel like this album is better now than it was back then. Listening to it now, I think this did more for me for back then, where actually listening to it, you know, I thought, shit, man, I should have listened to this more. I, I don't listen to this enough, because this is, you know, what you say about, you know, oh, uh, album should end with you wanting more. That's how this song is for me. I want more after I hear this. Uh, and, and you know, it, it, it's just I love it time after time. Probably my third favorite off here. What do you think about it? Well, uh, I, well, there's some shit I kind of agree with you because this album does leave me wanting more a whole lot more, like good songs. Uh, to me, this is just more horseshit. Uh, but I, I did like that you brought up Forbidden. Because that makes me want... I haven't listened to Forbidden for a while. And yeah, he's got some clean vocals. But not that clean. Because for years, I thought Chalice of Blood... I thought he was singing Charlie Don't Surf. But it was Chalice of Blood. Um, Yeah, man, I definitely... I would rather hear Forbidden than this. And I consider Forbidden like a... uh, A lesser tier thrash band. But to me, they're, they're light years light years above this shit. Um, oh, God damn. Oh, just painful. I I can see why you like it more now, though, than back then, because 
back then there was a lot better thrash being written. <laughs> you know, now new music sucks so bad, this might sound better to you. To me, I get nothing out of this shit. But they do end the album on a high note. With the last song, Think That, which is just fucking samples. But goddamn, it was music to my ears after this fucking shit. This, holy fuck, I can't remember what I thought was the worst one before this. But uh, I put this right there with that fucking Galactic Cowboys. Who, by the way, there's going to be a guy from Galactic Cowboys at Rockin' Pod this year. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Sinzak goes, oh, you're going to love this. <laughs> at least Sinzak listened to the Galactic Cowboys episode. Um, <laughs> but, oh, I, I, I put this up with uh, the Galactic Cowboys and fucking that shitty fucking second sanctuary album uh no thank you man no fucking thank you but one out of three yeah yeah no no jeff kerr one out of three is bad what uh, did we ask for do you remember uh jeff kerr picked the the sanctuary album that i hated and crimson glory hell yeah three three winners so uh, but bless him. I mean, I'll, I'll get into Jeff later when we get into fan of the week. But uh, God damn! You think you, know. you think he'd be a tranny one day? Because I'd bang him with what he asked for. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry, but the the quote Chris 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 Tucker and uh, Jackie Brown. You catch a nigger off guard with this shit, man. Whoo, whoo! This is. Some rough shit, but hey, Crimson Glory didn't grow on me, so you never know. But God, thank God this album's fucking over. You got anything to say about the last song? Think that? No, I mean, I, I like I said earlier, I like I like these little things they did in between songs. It's you know it gives the effect of just changing the channels of you know, like at the time, you know, it's funny because at that time, all this shit they're talking about. It's still lingering around today, and most of this is even worse today than it was back then. So, I dig it. Yeah. <sighs> well, hey, you know what? I'm glad you like I'm glad somebody got some fucking joy out of this. I'm glad you and, and Jeff Kerr get something out of this album. I'd be very interested. I know since I moved to Seattle, and I've been very sick, I've been very... I've hardly been on Facebook at all. Honestly, I really, I just haven't felt like doing anything. I've had very low energy, um, and I, I need to get back on there. I need to talk to everybody and participate with everybody. But I'd be very curious. Uh, you know, I'd like to see some comments on this episode. You know, and not just, you know, a lot of times when people comment, you know, they say, they'll say a funny quote that you and me made you know during the news or something like that but I'd like to hear some other people's opinions and and not just uh, Mark Alvin Taylor because I know he's going to agree with me on this shit oh uh, yeah that, but... that reminds me Ian you know the great Chuck Charles um I was on yeah. not not freeform what's that other one BS Sessions and you know Chuck Charles is such a cool dude that he got hired by them right and I said dude for, you know, I should I should be on the episode with you. Ask him to let me on. I did it for Chuck, you know, because Chuck is so cool. Like, I welcomed him to, to the show. 
So while I'm on the show, Chuck had a request for us. And I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, and I yeah? said this earlier, but he said that every time we talk about a song we don't like, it should be sponsored by them, by that show, the BS Session. <laughs> uh, so Ian's half of this episode is sponsored. The BS Sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the BS Sessions? That's I'm not, not aware of that's this. Not, that's not Freeform. It's the other show Mark does. It's a YouTube show. He's got... He's got another show? Yeah. Oh, God. And, uh... I'm, I'm so out of the Yeah, he's, he's had that shit up for years, I think. But either way, I mean, the guy he does it with is a really cool dude, and, uh... Um... And, uh, yeah, I had a good time on there, you know? I mean, it was Def Leppard, you know, pecking the best Def Leppard songs and shit. And, you know, me and Chuck had this oh, really... God. We really, uh, I mean... So it was an... Huh? It was an EP. It was in a short episode. <laughs> oh man, I had a full album of the first three albums, man. I nothing came out for okay. Maybe, you know. But um, yeah, yeah. He, he hates arm. He calls them arm deficient, Def Leppard. And uh, <laughs> oh, is that what we were supposed to say now? Is that the politically uh, correct term? Yeah, I guess I don't know. But either way, um, yeah. So um. Uh, that uh, half of this episode was sponsored by the BS Sessions on YouTube. Check it out on YouTube. Mark will be happy about that. Mark gets really happy when we mention him because he thinks he's going to bring him ratings. <laughs> he's uh, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. We 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 just mentioned Mark's show on an episode no one will listen to. <laughs> oh, Mark's listening now. Okay. Well, and Chuck Charles too. God bless. Oh well. Man, we, we, we do have some diehards. And I, I love them all. Alright, well that's our review of this album. It came out in 1989. Uh, I believe this was produced by uh, Randy Burns, I think, at Morris Sounds. Uh, yeah, missed the boat on this. This was on good old Road Racer. Not Road Runner, but Road Racer. The band would break up after this album uh, in 1992. They got together periodically through the late 90s and early 2000s, and they're back together now. Of course, uh, the guitar player is the only original member. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they got a bunch of other music if you guys are interested in. I, I, I can send you what I got, Ralph. I got a lot of it, and uh, I'm not doing anything with it. All right, send it my way. Whew. All right, well, uh, let's go into Pick of the Week. Let me oh, hear the song. Yeah, I have a new one. There's a okay. new the week song. Ready? Oh, all right. I'm ready. All right, here it goes. <clears throat> Fuck you, Ian. Fuck you, Ian. You go first. Hey, hey. You like That's that one? me. I dig it. It took me seven hey. weeks to write that ditty. You know what the name of the song is? It's better than any song on the album we just reviewed. Well, you know What's what I mean? The song says, fuck you, Ian, you go first. But actually, the real name of the song is Havana Democracy. Ah, I like it. Thank you. All right. Well, my pick of the week this week, uh, I was going to try to pick a record. But um, like I was saying, after I got done listening to this album, nothing sounded good to me. Nothing. 
Uh, I almost went with a Electric Wizard album I was listening to the other uh, night. Uh, Witchcraft Today, I believe, is the one I was I was enjoying. Um, but I didn't make it all the way through the album, so I don't want to give it my full endorsement without listening to the whole thing. So I am going to go through a documentary that I watched from start to finish, and uh, I loved... There's some stuff I didn't love about it, but but there's definitely much more I loved. And that is the new Dio documentary, Dio, Dreamers Never Die. Um, I don't believe it's been released on Blu-ray yet, but they are. it is on Showtime. So if anybody has Showtime, you can check it out. Or you can steal it off the web. Uh, or wait for the Blu-ray to come out. But uh, have you seen it yet, Ralph? I saw it in the theater. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. right on. Uh, yeah, I think I think you did say something like that. I just, uh, I enjoyed it, man. It just made me realize how much I miss Dio. Uh, man, and I, I've listened to a lot of Dio uh, ever since I watched it. And man, I love that guy. It was great seeing him. It was great hearing these stories. If you're somebody like Ralph and I, uh, there's probably not a whole lot you don't know already, except maybe, you know, some of the stuff with, you know, the electric elves and, you know, stuff pre-Rainbow. Um, they really kind of gloss over Elf, though, which I was surprised about. And uh, other stuff, you know, they gloss over, you know, anything after uh, Sacred Heart, I believe, is really glossed over very quickly in fact they don't even mention you know the dehumanizer era they just kind of go you know they talk about black sabbath you know him leaving and then they talk about heaven and hell at the end um and i thought there was there was a pretty bad hatchet job on vivian campbell which you know i i think you know windy dio has even more of a hard on for vivian than dio did and that comes out in the movie. Uh, but all in all, I think it, it's very enjoyable. It's just, it, it's good watching Dio. But of course, if you're a Dio fanatic like I am, uh, you know, you wouldn't be happy if it was anything under 12 hours, you know, because you just want everything. But it is a good overview. And. You know, it's not like you need a reminder of how important this guy was, but it's it's, it's so great to see him, uh, you know, and, and to see his story kept alive. And my biggest hope out of it is there's somebody who doesn't know Dio or doesn't know a whole lot about Dio that watches this and just, you know, delves into everything fucking Dio. Because we got to keep that music alive. we got to keep his memory alive. And uh, definitely worth a watch. I would be very interested. Uh, you know, I'll get the Blu-ray whenever it comes out because hopefully there's about you know a lot of shit that got edited out uh, a lot of times with these documentaries that there are. But uh, if you got Showtime, check it out. Or if you want to steal it from a torrent site, steal it from a torrent site. But Do Dreamers Never Die? That is my pick of the week. Well, Ian, you know when I saw it in the theater before it started. There was a little disclaimer that said, stick around for the end of the movie because they did show the bonus stuff. And some of that bonus... Oh, nice. Some of that bonus stuff. And I'm going to give a spoiler out. I don't care. Because it's still worth watching even by me spoiling it. Some of that spoiler stuff was even more entertaining than the movie. 
especially Simon Wright and Ronnie Dio formed a little construction company, you know, a little mock construction company, and they did construction around the house. Oh, yeah. And it was such a train wreck. You got to see the stairs they built. It was just horrible. And you see Wendy going, I'm sure, I'm sure glad they stopped doing this. It was really, really funny. And I'll tell you, you're talking about the hatchet job on Vinnie, Vivian Campbell. Well, I got to tell you, I'm very surprised that they gave that clip of Vivian saying, hey, Dio promises money after the third album he didn't deliver. That's wild how they kept that. Right. I thought that was insane. How they kept that in it, I was like, whoa, you know, yeah, hatchet job on Wendy's side, but at least they showed Vivian's side of his argument. Whether he's right or wrong, I can't say. But it was very interesting. That yeah. That. And and I did like that, uh, you know, they had that little picture they showed of the people holding up the, the sign at the show, you know, Vivian Campbell's God and stuff like that. It shows how important he was. Um, you know, to that the initial Dio band. And for those of you who don't know, it's been widely reported that Dio promised the original Dio band that by the third album, uh, the money would be split much more evenly than what it was. Uh, and it wasn't. And you saw the band disappear after that, you know, slowly but surely. And, uh, but uh, very, very good. Very yeah. good. But I also want to say your complaints about, oh, they glossed over the later stuff and they glossed over the humanizer. Well, if you go to bitshoot.com and see my documentary, Deal, The Man on the Silver Mountain, I don't gloss over jack shit. I give you the whole discography and the stories behind it. It's fucking awesome. But I will say it's not better than this one, but it's damn good. Now, this one, of course, I'm, I'm some bobo uh. in my room making a documentary they got connections you know what i mean but it's still yeah, I, i'm sure yours would be better though I, i'm sure it would be because of how informative you would be and that you would cover all areas because that's you know that's kind of the stuff i want to know more about because you know even as a fan who you know you followed them even longer than i have but you know i was from sacred heart on i was there yeah you know, I mean, but there's there's still a lot of stuff from the 90s where, you know, you, there's just not a lot of info out there. You know, there's that one part where they're talking about, uh, I think it was probably around uh, Angry Machines where the guy's saying he couldn't even get people to interview Ronnie. You know, and he's like, what the fuck? This is Ronnie James Dio, you know, and I can't even set up an interview for this guy. You know, I would have liked to know more about those times. Uh you know, and some of the albums I really love, like Lock Up the Wolves and Dream Evil. But uh, still, you know, it, it, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, well, I cover it all. All those albums you talk about, cover and even Dehumanizer, which is a very interesting story. You know, the whole Dehumanizer debacle. And, you know, in my documentary, you oh, have, yeah. you have Dio saying, fuck you, Tony Iommi, and shit like that. You get all that dirt in mind. Man of Silver Mountain on BitChute.com. All right, now it's my turn for Pick of the Week, and I just thought of it now. And yes. I talked to you about this before we started the episode. I watched the other day an amazing movie, underrated gem, called Paradise Alley from Sylvester Stallone. Um, what a yes. movie with Terry Funk. Remember that old school wrestler? 
King. Yep, yep. Oh, oh, it's such a great, awesome, fun fucking popcorn flick. And man, how can you not love Sylvester Stallone's debut singing on the fucking uh, theme song? Too close to paradise. Too close. That shit's fucking awesome. It's like Rocky trying to sing. That that alone is price of admission. Plus, you get Tom Waits in the movie, where he's stammering. You don't understand, goddamn yeah. thing. So that's fun too. I think Sylvester Stallone's hilarious I, on it. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I definitely need to watch it again. Uh, my dad's the one who turned me onto that movie uh, because at the time that was being made, my dad used to hang out the bar with uh, Frank McRae. Um, the black guy that's in it. Yeah. He was in a lot lot of movies back then. But, uh, you know, him and my dad were friends. And he was really excited that he got that part in the movie, even though it didn't really do good when it was released. Uh, but my dad went and saw it because they were friends, and he always loved it. And when it came out on VHS in the 80s, he's like, oh, you got to see this. You know, and I'm like, wow, I never heard of this one. You know, it, it is a very... Uh, Underrated, not much talk about Stallone film, but very good, very good. Amar Amada Asante plays his brother in it. Yeah, very good movie. Yeah, awesome yeah. movie. And yeah, I had a great time watching it the other day because I have it on DVD, not Blu-ray. I don't know if it's on Blu-ray, but I put it on the DVD the other day and thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought Sylvester Stallone was hilarious in it with the monkey and shit. It's my monkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he have like a retarded brother in it too? Yeah, that's King Salami. I mean, yeah. he's retarded, but he's very smart because he's studying a lot. Right. But he's still kind of dope. <coughs> he's a big yeah, I, did, I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, it, it, you should definitely watch it again. It's very well made, too. And what's her name from um, Ann Archer, isn't it? From, oh, yeah. Ooh, love her. Yeah. She's still be. Remember, like, decades later on Fatal Attraction, how hot she still was? Oh, yeah. Oh, Good yeah. stuff. Great movie. Loved it. And a very, and a cameo, you'll blink if you missed it, of Pamela DeBars, who we interviewed in Nashville and it's on one of our Rockin', the last Rockin' Pod episode. It was the most awkward interview we ever done. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. I, I said her name wrong and it all went downhill from there. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Well, great pick. And now it's time to go into Fan of the Week and... This is our third and final episode for Jeff Kerr, and uh, Jeff, I know, yeah, I know I bitched a lot about your picks, but uh, man, you know, I said it earlier, the dedication that you would pay for not one, but three fucking episodes, you know, that's, we are so lucky, as, as much as I bitch, I, I think I bitch more about th this last round of fan episodes than Ralph has, uh, yeah, but we're so goddamn lucky that uh, you know we were able to do all of these rocking pods because of you guys. Because we couldn't have done them without you. And uh, but you've also inspired me. But Ian, to, uh, Ian, Ian, I gotta interrupt you. But from now yeah. on, we're gonna do it without you. Yes, yes. I was just gonna say from now on, I'll suck dick. I'll do whatever I gotta do to make that extra money because we ain't doing this shit again. God damn. Me and Ian are finding like the cheapest hotel. Fuck this noise. We were, we were eating caviar. We were having caviar, cocaine, and hookers with your money, but this time we're going to go without it. 
And I heard, I heard Nashville. Yeah, we're gonna be. <laughs> we're gonna be eating buddy meat with no bread. <laughs> yeah. We won't be able to afford Waffle House this time, but we're going. <laughs> oh no, we're going. We're gonna suffer, and it's gonna be damn worth it. Cause I'd rather suffer that way than Galactic Cowboys. <laughs> But God damn it, Jeff, we appreciate you. It's fucking amazing. And uh, I can't wait for the next Rockin' Pod. I implore all of you to save your money and go. Um, they're going to be announcing more and more guests as it gets closer. Uh, already a new one they just announced. Eddie uh, Fingers Ojea from Twisted Sister is going to be there. I can't wait to ask him who's a bigger asshole, J.J. French or J.J. French. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be amazing. Uh, coming soon, we're we're still doing these fan episodes, but coming soon, and I think this is going to be a fan episode uh, slash promotion for Rock and Pod. Uh, we're going to have Chris Senzak on here as well as uh, my Hasidic headbanging uh, Hebrew brother Stephen Kirsch. We got a Bon Jovi episode coming up. So, and we're going to talk all about Rock and Pod. And uh, all things Bon Jovi. <laughs> and so Ralph will have to suffer through that one. And yes. that's going to be coming up soon on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Too close to paradise. <laughs> Come with me or I'll-